0: Hey everyone and welcome back to the Blue Collar Offroad Podcast Episode 124. Today we're joined by Michael Cortini, uh Cody, Richie, myself Luke, and Graham will be joining us later. So uh Mike, looks like you guys have been up to some really cool stuff lately with the builds that you've been doing. You wanna uh kinda tell us how you got started in with what you're doing and everything?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um tell us a little bit about you as well sure
2: yeah so let's see how did i get started that would have been um 30 something years ago um, hmm. i actually never bothered. never bothered asking how old you guys were i think some of this might be right on the cusp of when you guys were still kicking around um i don't see. think any of us were born when you started it yeah. Oh man, call the guy. old. jeez, <laughs> Richie. Good, Holy shit. No, it's all good. That's it's. it's, it's <laughs> I get. I get that all the time around in our shop. It's the old guy in the corner, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I don't late eighties. Um, you know, grew up in a in a um, what would have been you know a rural farming town in Connecticut back when the farms had gone away, but they hadn't quite turned them all into neighborhoods yet. Um, what you know, town?
3: If you don't mind me asking,
2: Higginham, Connecticut.
0: Oh, okay, been out yeah. there before.
2: Yeah, Higginham, Connecticut. Back when power lines were real power lines before they came through and flattened every fucking piece of fun we had out here. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, we, uh, I, I just again, you know, bunch bunch of us idiots, sixteen years old, nothing better to do. Um, you know, and and when you're first. You know, your first cars are, you know, $500 F-250 beaters. You, you cut the fenders and put swampers on them and go bombing through the mud and the power lines. Um, it's kind of how... Yeah, doesn't everybody? Yeah, exactly. And, and really that stemmed from, uh, which kind of comes full circle maybe later in the conversation. It really stems from the fact that when I was 11 and the old man bought a, you know, back when lawn tractors were real lawn tractors and not stamped in pieces of junk from China um that you know it didn't take the 11 year old more than about two weekends to figure out that the mower deck came off with two pins and a belt and uh suddenly you could wheel the thing through the woods yeah you know they just kind of funny i mean you know i'm 51 years old and the old man turns 86 this year and they still joke about you know me disappearing off into the woods on this brand new tractor he just bought which in you know 1980s money when When a a lawnmower was, you know, $2,900, right? That was, that's huge money today. It's like buying one of these new Kubotas that barely mows your lawn for 30 grand now, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You know, where's that damn kid off in the woods beating up this brand new mower I just bought? (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's where the bug started was was when I was a kid, you know, literally bombing through the woods on a lawnmower. Um, Couldn't wait to get something that I could actually drive around. Um, you know, I got caught a bunch by the neighbors stealing, the, stealing my parents' car when I was 13 or 14 years old to go and laps around the neighborhood. I mean, I grew up on a dirt road, you know, I literally, uh, Skunk Misery Road, Higginham, Connecticut, look it up. So a, that's a, the actual legit name, Skunk Misery Road. Uh, <laughs> dirt end to end. Um, it got the name because it, when the contractor cut the road in, he hit so much skunk cabbage, he, he just got so aggravated about it that the name stuck. Wow yeah it sounds very rural (laughs) oh yeah i'm talking you know yeah i mean we were the first house on the street when my parents bought they bought the first house on the street i think it took four three or four years for the second house to go in. i mean when i was 11 or 12 years old it was that old you know if you weren't bombing through the woods on your tractor you were you were pedaling your bmx bike you know three or four miles across the up and down the hills to get to your buddy's house because that was the next closest house so you know we just it's, it's trails through the woods bombing around that you know turned finally got my driver's license you know got my hands on a beater f-250 um you know finagled worked um back then you could buy early broncos for what now seems like pennies you know i bought a 68 eb for uh i don't know 1800 bucks or something um
1: damn That's
2: yeah cheap yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and at the time, um, I actually, our local high school, for whatever reason, they didn't pick up on the fact that I had signed up for all the classes I had to sign up for and was effectively done by the time I was a junior. Um, so they had this rule that, you know, I had to actually show up at the school and, and you had to take English classes as a senior. So instead I took... Both the elective English English classes in the first half of the year, and then they again the light bulb went off for them. They're like, well, shit, we got nothing for him to do for the entire second half of his senior year. So I I volunteered, if you will, or or kind of talked the shop uh, back when a lot of these high schools had shop classes and lifts and stuff, and they didn't panic about a seventeen year old kid standing under a car on a lift. Um, <laughs> you know, so I I conned them into letting me help teach the freshman shop class uh, with the with the shop teacher
1: that's sick that's awesome
2: translation instead of giving me seven study halls why don't you just let me hang out in the shop all day so (laughs) uh, that's what we did and art was cool art zorzi was the old shop teacher he uh he was good with it man he's he just you know it was a uh i want to say and i hope he's long since retired and can't get in trouble for this or maybe he's hopefully still ticking maybe not but You know, I think I think Art used to take the little breaks in his office because there was a couple bottles hiding in the back of his drawer. So (laughs) as long as we didn't kill ourselves, I don't think he cared. Uh,
0: Hey, we had a shop teacher that was like that. And then the other shop teacher was like, hey, you're not working on your Jeep. Meanwhile, I'm over there machining parts for the stupid thing to like try and hold, you know, a couple grand of tolerance.
2: Yeah, right. That's awesome. Yeah, so my senior project, he said. So he made me a deal. He's like, "Look, you can hang out in here all day, but I'm gonna have to give you a grade on. So they're making me give you a grade on something. So pick something to do. So uh, <laughs> we scoured a uh, a three fifty one Windsor out of uh, some freaking I don't know sold Fort sedan in the, at the local boneyard or something. So my my senior project was was building you know basically you know stripping a block down and building a motor and uh as long as i got a as long as i got the thing to drive itself out of the shop by the by graduation day he'd give me an a so that was a deal so we had at it and um, fucked up a bunch of stuff uh learned in a hurry that tr- torque converters had to actually be set all the way in not just you know on the first set of splines. Um, you know, so we stab them against the motor and they blow the, the pump right through the back of the trainee. You know, somehow it doesn't back itself out of the fucking shop. Imagine that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, out the trainee came and it was like a week before graduation day and I had to learn in a hurry how to rebuild a C4. I still don't know how to do it. Somehow, somehow we took it apart enough. I think I kind of one of my buddies I was growing up with that knew more about them things than I did to, to drag his ass down there for a couple of afternoons after school and uh but we got it somehow stabbed together he stole parts out of some other training he had and it pulled itself out of the out of the bay like the night before graduation
0: that's awesome
2: <laughs> that's kind of how it started and then and then uh you know hk high school you know the, the the way the lot the parking lot's all done is uh it's got these islands right that divide up the back side of the lot to the front and left and the right and everything else and you know, it was graduation day and we got to, you know, a couple guys doing, you know, I went to school guys that had, you know, late 60s Camaros and stuff because they were in everybody's backyard, you know, as a, you know, just a hulk of something, right? No one, don't give a shit about those things back then. They were a dime a dozen. So, of course, the burnout started and this and that, and you know, and how do you, you know, you can't help yourself. You just, you know, you've been talking shit all spring about this cool motor you're building and, you know, everybody's like, ah, fuck that thing. It's, you know. It's not going to take any power, and you know, little did they know if you unlock the hubs on an early Bronco and put it in four low, that it will spin all four gears, and you can stand on the brake pedal and do laps around the islands, which is what we did. <laughs> so, we, uh, had a couple parent commentaries at my fo- folks' house for the following couple of days about how we uh, we made leaving graduation difficult. A few pissed off parents, and and uh, about two years later, I got I got nipped in the center of town for. You know, after graduating, I got nipped in the center of the town. We didn't have cops back then. We had resident state troopers. Oh, so, boy. Yeah. So I got I got uh, nipped in the center of town uh, for something for stupid. I forget what. And, uh, and I was kind of giving the resident trooper a little bag of shit. <laughs> and, uh, As you yeah, do. Yeah. And he's like, he's like. He goes, really? You want to have this conversation now? I'm like, what? He goes, you know, I could have tossed you for that, for that, those antics at graduation. I'm like, really, dude? Two years ago, you're still going to hold it over my head? Oh so, man, he a bad like, guy that it. Just it just means you did a really good, good, good job. What's that? That just means you did a really good job. If he's still <laughs> thinking about it two years later, <laughs> he uh it took until his retirement till we could get out from under that mess. <laughs> That's kind of where it started. You know, we just used to bomb the power lines and stuff back in the early 80s or late 80s, early 90s, um, you know, before you could spell the word winch. Like, we didn't know what winches were. Um, you know, and and huge tires were 35s. You know, this was this is a bunch of us idiots out there in like 32, 31s, 33s, you know, maybe somebody welded a diff. Nobody put any sort of lockers in the front ends. You know, we spent we spent more t- hours breaking chains, probably just snapping each other out of mud holes than than actually wheeling anything.
1: God, I hate chains so much. Oh, yeah. But, you, you know, know. It's, you know, it's
2: 1991 and you're you know a 20 year old idiot. I mean, what do you know? How do you, you know? You don't know any better.
1: That's a good point. But man, just PTSD. Think about fucking. Oh, chains. Yeah.
2: So yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. And then that uh that tur- that stuff turned into uh I don't know, one of my buddies just stayed he just kept pounding on me about about buying that Bronco, so I sold it to him. <laughs> um that lasted, I don't know, maybe six more months. He 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 folded that truck in half. Jeez, was it rotted or just that much abuse? He just fucking folded it. You know, it was you know, we didn't again, it was you know, we didn't know anything about adding to you know it was just a stock roll bar none of these none of the shit had cages in it you know i mean i can't tell you how many times we crawled out of a half bent you know full-size truck cab and the only thing that that saved us was the fact that we were not in it on any big obstacles enough to actually get the thing to roll a few times you know nothing had cages in it we barely wore our seat belts you know a bunch of like i said just a dumb bunch of teenagers
1: yep (laughs)
2: You know, with that, I that turned into, let's see, a 92 Toyota pickup um, was the next uh, victim. Uh, that was, uh, but then, you know, for a while, we got into cars. You know, you kind of do that. You know, you kind of do that. You get into cars, um, you know, Fox Body Mustang stuff, blah, blah, blah. You get into all that trouble as a 20-something-year-old. And then, uh, so I, I didn't wheel for a while. And then, uh, met my now wife, got married, moved into the first house. Uh, I was maybe, I don't know, 26, 27 at this point. This is, this is mid to late nineties and, and got the bug again. I'm like, yeah, I can't, you know, the fast car days are behind me and this and that. And so I found a, uh, CJ, an 84 CJ, um, that was probably my first real, real, like now, you know, now you gotta, you know later in life you got a better job you're making a little bu- uh, a little bit of money yeah you got a mortgage now but you also have a couple bucks to spend here and there so that was like probably my first real yeah let me just let me strip this thing to the frame you know we're going to put try to put this together at least half right at and, least
1: survive uh, more than six months
2: yeah yeah exactly you know and, and so that that was a you know just typical 84 cj you know 425 speed dana 300 um but we put so I, you know back then Mopar actually sold what they called an MPI conversion kit right, which which pulled the the injection off of a four liter. They sold it in a box. It was the injection intake man the intake manifold everything you needed to to rip the that crappy Carter carb off and stab a uh, MPI injection onto a four two. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. It was it was like. I I look at it back in hindsight now. It was like, fuck you money, though. I mean, they got in 19, you know, 1997, they were getting like $3,500 for that kit.
0: I mean, that does kind of make sense, though, because like if you... It's a full standalone kit at that
2: point, correct? Right, and that was like... Yeah, think about it, right? That was... I mean, nowadays, we don't even blink at that. Yep. You got 10 vendors to pick from for standalone. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but back then it was like, you know, you were, you were, I mean, you know, no offense guys to your age, but this is like the era of like the internet was just starting. <laughs> like this was like the digging through forums and like, you know, this guy stood up this thing called a forum. What's a fucking forum? You know, like, oh, look at this. You know, that was the addiction. It wasn't the social media stuff like it is today. The addiction was, you know, the wife coming in at, you know, one in the morning out of the bedroom, down to the, to the back office and you know the glow in the room it's like what are you doing I'm like I'm still scrolling leave me alone <laughs> leave me <be." laughs> somebody wrote a, somebody wrote something about how to make this MPI work I've got to read every fucking line of this 800,000 page response on pirate
0: dude those were the fucking days though like I still end up going back to pirate now
2: it's way better than today this shit you know it's fa- I call you know, Facebook and all this other stuff it's the land of the lost you know yeah the 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 build threads have kind of died and it kind of sucks
0: dude it used yep. to be so cool because you could go back and you could watch a rigs progression page by page
2: by page right or if you or if somebody pointed you at it hey, you got to check out this guy's thing and then that's when you got lost all night because you're like holy yep. crap you started this two and a half years ago i have to go back 630 pages yeah And then you get
0: to the end of the build and it got sold like missing lug nuts. Right. Right. So many letdowns. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And then and then, you know, those were the good days because you you uh you know, you had to you couldn't be thin skinned, right?
0: Yeah, there was I used to have the old uh, you know, the double flip-off emoji from Pirate.
2: Oh, I still have it.
0: I had a I found a vendor that was making them and I had one of those on the back window of my XJ. Yeah, awesome. fucking love those. Yeah. Is that the one that's
1: currently sitting on my windshield over my inspection sticker? Yes, sir. Fuck yeah.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I wish I could find that vendor again cuz
2: I want to order more of those. I'm sure we can make them. Gotta be easy enough to get made now. Yeah. 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 Mike Demir's, uh, my buddy Mike Demir's does vinyl cut stuff. He does stuff for me like that. I just send him random crap. He'll he'll make 50 at a time. Like he's not, you know, you don't have to order a thousand from him. Hmm.
1: Well, I'll have to hit him up and see yeah. Yeah. see what he's available for.
0: will <laughs> do. Don't we need uh, to get more stickers made anyway? So well,
1: yes and no. I mean, I still have a few, but yeah, it wouldn't hurt. Definitely wouldn't hurt
0: sorry for the sidebar there
2: no it's all it's about right yeah <laughs> exactly
0: it, it happens
2: it does i'm sure so
1: how did that cj transition into like nowadays or what
2: what is that in between looking yeah, like how did, how did the cj turn into Katrina fabrication chassis yeah.
1: yeah like how what the hell happened
2: <laughs> yeah so what <laughs> happened was what happened was i at the time when i like first moved in with the wife um, you know, and I'm like scabbing to the CJ with you know like every spare dime I've got. You know, there's that light bulb moment you have in a certain phase of your life. You're like, man, she wants to not not that I well, I wanted to have kids. Like you know, you start talking about, oh, we're gonna have kids. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. And like, dude, I need to start making real money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I was very fortunate to uh, have an opportunity uh, that a, that a, a mutual friend gave me um, I got into, uh, this would have been like mid nineties. I got into uh, early mid nineties. I got into a company that was doing home healthcare because they needed a guy that could deliver stuff to people's houses and then kind of manage a a few delivery guys and, and could deal with like a warehouse full of shit. So like, imagine, you know, imagine dropping off, you know, setting up a hospital bed in somebody's home. Right. Yep. So this is when home care stuff was really starting to, to ramp up so they needed a the guy that you know wasn't afraid to have to bolt stuff together right more mechanically yeah. so People comfortable
1: enough to do it too and then lay somebody yeah. on it Yeah.
2: <laughs> so we uh so I got I got this you know this this pretty good paying job doing that but I was that you know generation that uh you know speaking of high school days like you know I was that first generation that grew up where computers started showing up in the high school like not in classroom but we had a computer yeah. lab.
1: Right. That is so, so crazy.
2: Yeah, so we had a computer lab, and I, I took a course on how to write basic, literally, in 1985.
1: Just to put in uh, perspective, smart boards, which were like the huge new hit thing when I was in high school, we are throwing them out because they are antiquated technology. Just, right. wanted, to, just well, wanted to put that out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to make you guys feel really young, right? That's why I like to put it. Um, <laughs> I will, uh, I will tell you that, uh, my first, so that company I worked for, right? Yep. There's this revolutionary new idea, this revolutionary new idea, because we're delivering all these products, but God forbid something happens. We're like, all of a sudden the patient's not going to be home that day. And they call the office. Wouldn't it be cool to be able to call the guy in his truck to tell him, don't bother dropping that thing off. Oh my God. You had a cell phone. Oh, it was the, it was a bag. Yeah, it was this oh, bag. One of the bag phones. Like, yeah.
1: What a bag phone, dog. <laughs> <My> grandparents <laughs> had right. one of
0: those. Uh, That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember, it was like a little box that would fold open, and you could pull the phone receiver out, and you had to put it on the uh, the
2: dashboard. Oh, no, this predates that even, dude. This is literally like a mini backpack thing in a bag, battery and all. The battery was like, you know, Six pounds. You know? That's awesome. <laughs> it was wild, right? So, so, uh, so yeah. So, so, but, but I, you know, tech savvy, and one thing led to another, and then I'm like, hey, this is stupid that we're tracking this stuff on paper. You know, they make computer systems to track this stuff. I talked the guy into letting me help them buy a whole. C- so, as long story as short, Cliff notes: I got into IT, and that's what I do. That's my day grind. Um, and and I'm just a I'm a physics junkie. Um, you know, I, this is the, you know, this whole slot of my life where I wasn't really wheeling be right before the CG, that little five, six, seven year window between that, 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 you know, bashing that Toyota around to then not wheeling for a little bit. Um, uh, because I, I was pouring all my money into racing snow cross sleds. You know. Oh I was,
1: shit. Hold yeah. on a second. What kind of sled did you ride?
2: So we were a Polaris shop. Good. Thank you. That's all you need to know yeah so we had uh so this was like mid 90s right uh back when you sat down on snowmobiles yeah
1: the, what, what were those the fucking red sleds right the uh yeah, the, the XR xrs
2: 40s, XR yeah, 40s, yeah. <laughs> holy shit yeah so so right and so you know they had eight inches of travel so we you know you just crush yourself bombing around these snow cross tracks and that was i wasn't gonna have any of that so that's what your just, knees are for, who needs suspension? Exactly, right? So I took, I, I just came home one day and ripped all the shocks off it and took them apart. No fucking clue what I was doing. I took them all apart. And uh, and so that was my first kind of like, hey, you know, I, I'm I'm just this kind of, I'm, a, I'm this techie, but I'm this, just this gearhead junkie that was, you know, I was the kid that my parents, like I said, bought me a lawnmower. I figured, figured out how to take it apart so I could take it in the woods, right? At 11 years old. So. I rip these shocks all apart, and I'm like, oh, this is pretty straightforward. I kind of understand what's going on here. Had no idea that. So I go to take the first one apart, and I'm looking it over. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I go ripping the cap off. Well, yeah, I didn't know you had to bleed the nitrogen first.
1: Oh, no. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Where did the cap end up? I'm still cleaning the shock fluid out of my left eyeball, I think. This day, oh Jesus Christ, (laughs) 200 psi of shock fluid straight to the fucking retina. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, don't they
1: tell you that that can cause like fucking heart infections and shit?
2: Oh, it does all kinds of wacky shit, sure. Yeah, not good. So, uh, but anyway, I kind of dove into shocks back then, and then, um, you know, then all of a sudden it became, hey. So-and-so's sled rides better than mine. And then this guy's rides better than mine. And that guy's rides better. Next thing you know, I'm doing like 25, 30 sets of shocks a season. Um, So that was my first foray into like, uh, I could probably do some little side work out of my own garage and make a couple bucks to pay for my own addiction. Um, So that's kind of how it started was that kind of, that was the beginning of the, you know, I can do a little side work under the table or whatever, or, you know, actually for the feds listening in, you didn't hear that um but yeah so that's kind of how it started in doing work out of my own garage kind of thing and then um got back into the game uh with the cj like i said now i've got this tech job and now the guy that went own that company also owned a software development firm he moved me over there i learned how to write code and then along came this cad software stuff right so so at the time, I didn't really go down that route because we were still like, you know, then I'm like, oh, I, now I got a little money. Oh, I can afford this. I saw these guys on Pirate. They got they bought their own tube bender. Hey, JD Square, can you shoot me one of these things? Yeah, no problem, right? So you just, you just start down the rabbit hole, right? You buy a tube oh. bender because you're like, yeah, I can do that. And um, you buy a 2 bender, you buy a better welder, and now you know we we moved from one house to the other with a with a detached two car garage, so I actually had space to work now. And um, and I basically took what was uh, at the time the CJ was still so we did the uh, Mopar kit. And at first it was like I just was going to mob this thing on the street, haha, nudge nudge, wink wink, right? How many times have you guys said that?
0: No, 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 uh, one, my one, current one, XJ.
2: Yeah, yeah, I want to build a nice street driver, right? um And then fast forward a couple of years, and it's on. Now this is this is before the sticky craze starts, right? Mm-hmm, yep. Which I got stories about that shit. My buddy Adrian had like the first set on the East Coast. Um, but you, it's you know, the a Q seventy eight Swamper on a CJ was like you were the man.
0: Yeah, that was that was cool back in the day, or like cool. really cool.
2: Yeah. The pizza cutter oh. era. Yeah, I mean, big yeah. piece, right? And then we got, and then we learned how to, and then we learned how to heat up a blade and cut the grooves in them ourselves. Oh, and all that stuff like that. oh yeah, man. You know, you I was remember, Oh, sorry. No, no. Do you remember the, uh,
0: what was it? The 34 by 950s?
2: Do I remember? I just ordered another set last summer. Dude, <laughs> those tires were the fucking shit. You know what they're I, awesome on, which is the project we did for a friend of mine last summer is on a Willie's.
0: Yeah, they're I ran them on they're an like, XJ. They're
2: like the perfect tire for a Willie's.
0: I ran them on my old XJ. Yeah. And they were time. just awesome. Like yeah. I I don't know why they worked as well as they did. They had no business being as good of a
2: tire as they were. I think because they were pizza cutters doing, and it was before we all tried to you know scale vertical walls, yeah, right. I mean, that's what it comes down to. they had they put a lot of contact pressure because they were a pizza cutter, yeah, right. Like you live in New England. So they cleared the, they cleared this the slime off of what it was trying to bite really quickly
0: back when Ma Bell was like the hardest trail ever.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, back when my so, so <laughs> Ma Bell, I remember sitting at the base of Ma Bell, this would have been, I don't know, late 90s or whatever, sitting at the base of Ma Bell with that CJ, watching Clayton, as in Clayton off-road Clayton, watching Clayton cartwheel his his Grand Cherokee buggy backwards off of the entrance face at Ma Bell. Oh
0: yeah. oh yeah, off
2: a gatekeeper? Yeah, so he comes backwards, right? And there's kind of a crowd there, and he comes all the way backwards, and the thing lands back on its tires, and I just hear Adam scream over my shoulder. You know, and off he went, did it again, it was fun. You know. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, pizza cutters, man, pizza cutter swampers at Ma Bell. That was the ticket, dude. That that
0: brings back core memories.
2: Yeah. yeah that's that's well before me. It's funny you say the thirty four on an XJ because the 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 CJ went under the knife because it was still on half ton stuff, and I'm like, yeah, we got to go spring over in one tons. Like that's the next just natural evolution that everybody does to a CJ. And by then we had blown a full cage into the thing, so I'm like, wow, now I got a cage. Now I can and I got an eighty two seventy four that I slung on the nose. You know, it was the it was the classic CJ, right? So now, but now it's like. Hey, I'm going to buy a trailer and I'm going to buy a pickup truck. And all of a sudden now it becomes, I tell you what, you want to ruin a rig in five minutes flat, trailer it to the first place. Yep. Oh man, that's a bad call. And guess what the first place is that it got trailer to? Paragon.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, that name has been coming up more and more lately. we well, talking it's to it's older and older not be-
2: guys. It's back on the table. That's why the state bought it, right? I'm so,
0: excited for that, dude. That's like... Bumps. That was the forbidden fruit for me because I was wheeling a good bit before Cody was and Richie was riding passenger for that. And right when we finally started to like actually get into it, we found out about this place. And I think that was right around when it closed down, like right around twenty well 2010 somewhere in there yeah. yep and so it's always been this like forbidden fruit and now like i just want to go and experience
2: it yeah, yeah. It, was actually, it was actually even earlier than that it was like oh wait
1: oof i definitely was not wheeling then i yeah. think i was uh yeah.
2: and it was eleven. Fe- <laughs> it was february when it closed and i know it was february when it was closed because they did a last ride day And the CJ was in a million pieces. And the wife, we were on our. We had, let's see, hold on. We had Nick. We had Taylor. So she was pregnant with Nathan. Yeah. So we had Nick. We had Taylor. She was pregnant with Nathan. And I'm like, we're not going to fit in the CJ. I need to buy an XJ for her. uh, uh, I, I bought an XJ. And. The XJ got the full Clayton treatment, including oh, so you dropped some money. Yes, that was the first, like, because the CJ was going to go into the knife, but it was going to be just, you know what? We're just going to, you know, leave it on leaf springs We'll throw some one tons under it just to, just because I'm tired of snapping axle shafts, right? But, it got pulled apart and then it got pulled apart more and we all know the the rest of the story i won't bore everybody because everybody listening to this podcast has done the same fucking thing right it's been it's been oh well, well i'm at it well while well, i'm at it. you know next thing you know it's apart for three years uh, yep. so i needed the i needed the like well i'm gonna i'm gonna buy an xj but no we're gonna make it no it's that's it. yeah it's gonna be street friendly yeah yeah no nudge nudge wink wink <laughs> so uh so but by then you learn, right? By now you're like, hey, I've done this a bunch of years. I did. The, I made all the mistakes with streetcar stuff. I made all the mistakes with other off-road rigs. So I'm not going to just like slap this thing. Like we're going to take a stock XJ and I'm going to go down to Clayton and talk to him about the whole, the whole shoot match. So we did. It. And we stabbed the entire, you know, the four-link rear, the long-arm front. Um, we stabbed that whole, all the shit under it. But at the time I blew my lot on that and I didn't have the money to put real real axes under that yet. So imagine if you will, this pretty stock XJ with, at the time there was a guy, uh, detours off-road doesn't exist anymore. But Mark was a super smart guy that had these really cool things for XJs back in the day. Uh, one of them was called a backbone, um, and but he made this- yes. re- he made this winch plate thing that was only like two hundred bucks that you yep. put behind your stock front bumper. It was so cool.
0: I remember that stuff. Uh, yeah. And then he was really popular for the swing out tire carrier. That point.
2: I think it oh, went the around tailbone. The, stock. the
4: tailbone.
2: Yes, the tailbone. It hid behind the stock rear bumper. Had these plates in it. In it, yeah. And it had that really heavy fucking barrel swivel thing. Yep. Yep. The tailbone. So the tailbone got named the detours tailbone got named because Mark and I, the guy that owned it, Mark and I, I was at his shop. He used to be in, uh, Brantford. I was at oh, his shit. shop. Yeah. He was right in Brantford. I was, he lived in Clinton. He was in Brantford. He doesn't live around here anymore. He moved like to Kentucky and then he moved again to Maine or something. like that. He's not around here anymore, but
0: sounds familiar.
2: Yeah. So I was at his shop and he showed me the prototype for that tailbone. And he's like, yeah, I came up with this. You know, I, we got the front stuff, right? And I wanted to do something for the back because I keep getting people asking about tire carriers, but they don't want to spend seven, eight, nine hundred dollars dollars on one of these, you know, name brand rear bumpers with a tire carrier. So he shows me this prototype and we're t- kind of talking about it. We're hanging out. We're doing a few things at the shop. Well, three hours later and like a half a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> and he's like, I still can't come up with a name for this thing. And I spit out. I spit out. Well, you already have a backbone, right? This is at the ass of the thing, so it's the end of it. It's the tailbone, right? He goes, "Fuck, we're running with that," and that was the end of it. That's, that's awesome, um, and it became the tailbone because we had enough whiskey to figure out that that just made sense.
0: <laughs> um, that's that's such a cool piece of history because, like, when I was first getting into XJs, if you had like a stockish rig on thirty threes. You had to have the front, uh, cut front bumper with the detours, uh, backbone. And then yep. you had to be rocking the rear bumper setup yep. cut again with the tailbone. And if and you didn't have different. that, you weren't
2: cool. That's right. And then he came out with the stiffeners. You were really badass if you put his frame stiffener in.
0: <laughs> that was you like, now there's like 10 million companies making them. Right. And that's why he got out of it. I can't blame him. Yeah. Um fuck, what is it? HD off-road. It's like four hundred bucks for a complete set, which is fine for a normal XJ. Right.
2: Right. Yeah, so that's exactly what it was, right? It was this XJ. It had all of Mark's stuff on it. And then it had all of clayton stuff on it. But it still had a a 44 and a Dana thirty on on thirty-three ten fifty swampers.
0: Hell yeah. Back. That sounds also, like perfect. I'm oh, sorry. No, you're good, dude. <laughs> I just looked. The cost of the full Clayton kit is half of the amount of money I'm into my XJ. Them things are fucking expensive. Holy yeah, shit. They are. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, but I will tell you, coming from, and I'm not saying this just because I know those guys, I, I will tell you if, you, if you own a Jeep, I don't care what, you know, name your Jeep, it doesn't matter, right? If you own a Jeep and you just want to bolt something onto it, they do have probably the best, in my opinion. They probably have the the best quality kit for a Jeep, whatever. Right? Maybe. I agree Yep. Um, and it, that's what it comes down. I mean, it, there's a lot of ways to do it for less money, but uh, you have to be good. For yeah, the the all the time. It's like you know, if you want to be replacing this every other season, fine. Like Clayton, and this is no joke. Like I, I've walked into his shop with a completely fucked link. And they don't even blink. They're like, yeah, here, just take a new one. You know, when they say lifetime warranty, they're not kidding. I wish.
1: Um, Hey, Grumbo. Gross. It's Graham. We were having such good quality conversation, then you joined. Yeah. I'm
3: currently sitting in my work parking lot because I'm locked out of the building, so I can't do what I was planning on doing.
1: Nice, yeah. damn. But, so you're missing yeah. this without even a good
0: excuse. <sighs> well, what a guy!
3: My, <laughs> what a guy. My, my excuse was I went to uh, I was helping Sean take that um, that knuckle off so we can fix that, and the the inner seal was stuck. It's that uh, that vacuum seal. It still had that, and it was all messed up. Mm-hmm. So that took a lot longer to take out than I was expecting because we had to basically rip it into two pieces with just a hammer and a screwdriver um so yeah it's been an eventful day sorry to jump <laughs> in on you
0: i don't know where we were <laughs> you're good We haven't gotten no good
2: stuff yet yeah um so the xj back to the to paragon right that was what i so paragon last day one last hurrah at paragon and uh And there was a guy in 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 a club that I won't even bother because we don't do the club thing anymore for a million reasons. But (laughs) so somebody threw one of those things up on the on one of the club forums. uh, Hey, anybody want to go to the last day? And I'm like, yeah, fucking in. And so, but we we were like, we're going to old school this. And we drove. Right. (laughs) Oh, man. February. It's. When I say single digits, I'm not remotely exaggerating.
4: <laughs> it's
2: February of like 2008, I think it was around then when they when they finally closed, there's there's a foot and a half of snow on the property and it's fucking eight degrees.
1: So when things go wrong, it's goddamn cold as you're crawling underneath it to fix it.
2: it. Every single trail turns into a red. It's just yes. no, yeah. because it's so fucking cold that those skinny little swampers pack the snow in ten seconds flat, and now you're just skating. <laughs> yep, it was wild, dude. So we drove around Paragon and like I think three quarters of the day on the fucking access trails, and that's it's like, that was like all we could handle, <laughs> right? But the cool, I think the cool part for me about that is, and it's still it's hanging in my shop, is I have one of the trailhead signs oh that's, that's fucking cool, cool. yeah wow yeah. We're like yeah and and because that's what happened everybody's like dude this thing's never gonna reopen the guy that was running the parks like he i forget what park I somewhere out in the midwest he he took over a park out in the midwest somewhere i forget which one um so it was just game over we're like well I'm no one's got what i'm gonna do get arrested i'm taking the fucking side <laughs> <laughs> gotta have so, some form of a souvenir yeah, so and so it's funny, there's a couple of guys, a couple of us from the Northeast that have a trailhead sign. And somebody just said I saw it on one of the social media platforms the other day at the top because when the topic came up in that in that um that survey thing came out a couple months ago because the state bought it and they're like, Oh, you do the use survey or whatever. When that sur- when that went kind of wildfire, a handful of us jumped in, and were like, you know, if this reopens, the day it reopens, I will gladly rehang this sign. That'd
1: be so fucking cool. Yeah. That'd be insane. So full circle
2: and everything like that's incredible. Yeah. Cause it'll be, I mean, by the time the state gets their shit, I mean, this is obviously Let's face it, folks, this ain't happening tomorrow. No, no, but by the time it does, and I think it will. Right. And, and by the time it does, but you're probably talking, I don't know, call it another year and a half, two years out from today. Right. So 2025 ish. So you're talking a what? you know, whatever, 15, 18 year span, right?
0: Yeah, I think they said that they were trying to have it open for 2024.
2: All right. So cool. So there you go. Still like a 14 year span or whatever. I might, I can't math right now, but yeah that's fine. Yeah, so it would be cool. You know, it would be cool to go rehang a side out there. Um so then so then that turned into the, you know, here we go again. And, uh, well this thing's really capable because it's on all this cool suspension and you know, it's got plenty of power with the four liter and, geez, maybe it needs more mm-hmm. tire. Well, you know, if, if we're going to take the kids in it, well, I should probably get a cage, and you guys know XJ's, you can't put cages inside of them. Yep. Nope. And so it became a, yeah, I didn't, I didn't do the hybrid thing about, ah, <laughs> eh, fuck it, let's just cut it at the windshield. So oh we, boy. That escalated so we, quickly. Yeah, like overnight, right? It was like, you know, so that that became the beginning of the you know, it's the old first rule of Fight Club thing. Well, the first rule of uh, our shop became, you know, when everybody anybody showed up, the running joke. As soon as somebody came in and said, "Hey, do you guys think you can help me with this?" We would just walk in, get the saws I'll walk out in the drive, and go, "Okay, where do you want me to start?" <laughs> <laughs> That's so, funny. Yeah,
4: he was, he
1: was, had some uh, similar thing to that happened to him lately <laughs>
0: when he visited Sam. Hey, hey. The only thing I'm going to say, talk about that when it comes back.
2: Right. Right. All right. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Yeah. So the roof came off, but I kept like, you know, I kept the, I kept the floor and the rock and I had the really cool, actually, Mark built me and detours, built me a a rear bumper and stuff. So like I kept all that stuff and we, you know, we built a pretty cool looking cage. It actually followed all the original XJ lines, like if you could reskin it, it would still look like an XJ kind of deal. It still had the full back window opening, if you will, but just out of tubing and stuff. That's gotcha. awesome.
0: Yeah, it was That's pretty. That's like cool. uh, Nick Jonard's
2: rig. He did oh, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of that. You know, keep the original feel. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, what's the point of starting with a with a you know a actual car or truck chassis if you're not going to
2: kind of keep to the yeah. the form of it a little bit? Right. Right. Right um and then that same story right and then so the cj unfortunately died a slow death because it just started you know parts started leaving more and more and then it just became nothing And so that truck never went back together
0: Um, which is kind of sad because you got that baller multi-port kit in there
2: yeah it is kind of sad but i think it was also to answer the question about how did you go from that to like building chassis i think that the CJ was kind of cool, but the CJ was just kind of a glorified role. It was like, you know, stock looking roll bar, if you will, with just a Ford hoop on it, like everybody does in a CJ. It wasn't anything to write home about. Yeah. Whereas the Cherokee was the first time I really was like, man, I'm really going to like pay attention. You know, and of course, this now you're like, like you said earlier, now you're like, you know, look, I'm, at a, I'm an IT guy, which means I sit behind a desk doing computer work all day, which means I get to read Pirate for like, Four hours a day. (laughs)
1: Graham, do you do the same thing?
2: I can, yes. (laughs) So, you know, and and so that just became, you know, you just get, you just go down all these rabbit holes. You're like, wow, look at how this guy did this. Man, I'm going to go, I'm going to break the bender out and see if I can teach myself how to make that compound bend and blah, blah, blah. Right. So you just start, you start down those rabbit holes. And so that's where the XJ project became really cool to me. It was like the first thing that forced me to i'm gonna push my skill set here i don't know what i'm doing but i'm gonna figure it out and so it really pushed me to learn that you can you know if you really think ahead and plan ahead you know sometimes that's that's your detriment too because it prevents you from moving forward a little bit sometimes mm-hmm. you get kind of stuck in analysis paralysis but if you if you start planning ahead a little bit you know Let's worry about what this the, the C-pillar is going to be before I even start trying to bend an A-pillar, right? Yeah. So yeah. the Cherokee project really forced me to, to like, I'm going to make this thing look like a Cherokee, even though we just chopped it at the firewall. We kept the right, <laughs> right? We kept the windshield frame was still in it, but, you know, I came, you know, just behind the windshield frame, and we clipped it off and capped it, and we, we were able to incorporate the cage holding it all together. So... Um. So, that thing looked legitimately like an XJ. Um, That's pretty fucking cool. We even we even took, the, I even snipped the bottom half of the tailgate. Um, I took the glass off, but we capped the top of the gate and hung it in the cage. So, even the XJ tailgate was still in there.
1: What?
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty cool. You know, so, and we, because Detours also used to make a quarter panel like a diamond plate or a metal, you know, like overlay. Yeah. So uh, we kept those so that we still had that XJ body line. We took the skins off the doors and that was how we skinned the tube. So the actual outer factory door skin went back on over the tubing. Yeah. Right. So it still looked like an XJ when it was done. It was kind of cool. And that was the first thing that really like forced me to, hey, I got to build like a whole car here, not just throw some roll cage material at something. Mm.
1: <laughs> not to mention, I'm sure the wife would have enjoyed a roof because you went from roof and she's like, okay, if it rains, I'll be all right. And then you're like, we're cutting it. Oh, okay. Well, if it rains, I'm getting soaked. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. So she, so, so that thing, um, uh, my job took me to Vermont and that thing came to vermont but it came, unfortunately it started down the same road as a cj eventually where it was like yeah i'm tired of blowing up these half tons so i bought one tons and then blah 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 and then the rest is history right mm-hmm. so that one it went to vermont as a carcass this would have been like 2009 10 era so it went to vermont as a carcass because we were like yeah we got to put real axles under it finally because now with the cage and all this like everything else was cool but you know we were blowing shit up yep. so we built the cage again this is pre-sticky right this is pre everybody running stickies so when we built the thing and i built the whole all the tube work even down the nose around the front bul- uh, around the front uh all the front bulkhead stuff we mocked it all up around a set of 42 inch up, <laughs> okay <laughs> right? so it was all built to sling a 42 under it. Mm-hmm. and so it went but i'm like obviously we need you know so i found a. A Ford sixty and seventy combo, and that was so it was rolling around with a with a set of one tons on it, but it never quite got finished. Like we never actually like put the gearing it, like we never really finished it.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and then I had to move, so we moved, and we had to move the whole shop. Right? Ooh. Yeah. So everything gets moved around, can't find shit. And, you know, right now you know the rest of the story, right? And then and yeah. then it lands in Vermont, but it lands in Vermont out in the backyard under a tarp, and then under a tarp, yeah. Right, and then you're like. Every rainstorm, the the tarps filling, you know, these big fucking 50 pound water balls through the cage into the car and all of that. I was just Luke. Does
1: any of that sound familiar when you moved? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So So this coincides, it happens to also be the exact same era. Again, back to Pirate and all this stuff, when there's this little thing, this little race that happened to happen out at the southern cali desert and uh-huh. a little spot called johnson valley Ooh. so this would have been 2008-9 right and now i'm like packing the shop to move north and then all of a sudden all this banter picks up on pirate about this thing that happened out in johnson valley mm. and i won't bore everybody with the backstory about that because will gentile's done a better job than anybody can do about telling the history of, of king of the hammers but but that was kind of how every, you know, again, this predates Instagram and Facebook and all this other bullshit we live on today. Yep. Yeah. And, but it was, it was pirate, right? Oh my God. Yeah. Hey, did you see this right up? Oh, wait, hold on. Let me, yeah. As soon as I get to work tomorrow, guess what I'm doing? <laughs> Check it <laughs> <that> out, pirate. <laughs> so, so, and then it's like, and then you, you, you follow this and you follow this and all of a sudden it's, and oh, by the way, we never want to pick teams again. So we're going to do qualifiers all over the country. And that was when Roush Creek held the first Roush Creek qualifier for ultra
4: Four. What?
2: Right? So this would have been the summer of 09. And we're like, hell, we got to go to this. <laughs> Like, it's fucking Rouse Creek, it's right in our backyard, Paragon just fucking closed, which is why it didn't happen at Paragon, Mm -hmm. right? So this would have been the summer of 09, oh, we gotta go. So, you know, a bunch of us chuckleheads are like, yeah, we're going down to that. And it was right when I was moving, right? And fortunately, because again, the power of, of forums and club forums and local stuff, you know, so I moved to Vermont. Well, immediately, one of my local clan of buddies was like, oh, where you moved? Oh, I'm moving here. Oh, you got to find this guy. Okay, cool. This guy, Matt Gregg, right, became probably one of my better friends in life. So Matt lived up in Rutland, and then uh, uh, there's Ben and all those guys up there. It's all Green Mountain Crawler guys, right? That that's how people would kind of know them today. Mm-hmm. And so I move, I move into the neighborhood, and I'm you know I'm the new guy, you know, the Flatlander from down on the coast, and. Uh, and, you know, we just hit it off and, oh, you're, you're, you're an off-road. Yeah, I'm an off-road. So, and Matt at the time was doing like, uh, he had a TJ and he was, he was, you know, involved in that whole, um, you know, the Jeep shit, that stuff that Jeep does, the whole Jeep jamboree shit, like up at Killington and stuff. Mm-hmm. He was like one of the trail guys. So, so, so we, so we hit it off pretty quickly. And then we kind of, you know, a bunch of us got, there, like, oh, we're definitely going down. We're going down a route to still to, to, to at least spectate this mess. You know, this is, this will be fun. A bunch of these. Southern Cali guys that can't spell O-A-K, you know, uh, what, an oak tree? What is that? <laughs> right. And so, and so we go down, right? So we go down for this Speed Qualifier, the very first one. Of their, and, and this was like the, this was the moment when I went here, he, you know, here you are kind of pat yourself on the back, like, man, that actually came up badass, you know? and I'm mm-hmm. not and trying, trying to pat myself up, but there's something to you know, when you build something in your own fucking garage after like a year and a half of you know killing yourself on you it, take a step back and you're like I'm pretty happy with that you know yep, yep. and then you go yeah. down to that event and you go I'm a fucking rookie I don't know what the <laughs> I am, I am like, holy shit do I not know what I'm look at these fucking cars dude, dude uh, that, that happened, happened to
0: me we were at uh, Roush and an Eric Miller car pulled in. Mm. You want to talk about an instant like holy shit? Yeah. <laughs> no, nothing.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and simultaneously berating yourself and then your pants get a little tight at the same time. It's kind of wild. yeah, it's really
0: weird.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think I think Luke's into that though. So I
2: like, <laughs> confirm. I I love those moments. The do you pay a little extra for that or? oh we can definitely <laughs> for another day. Okay, I got you. No, I, I love those
3: moments though, because that's when you realize, like, oh, I can't, I can't rest on my laurels here. I have got a
2: oh I've got more I can do. Yeah, I suck. Yeah. I, okay. Back to the drawing board. I suck. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but anyway, so we go down, and it's what a fucking good time, and you with know, so with a bunch of really good friends, and and uh, and we dragged our junk down there. we like, well, if we're gonna drag, you know, now I'm living in Vermont, like we're gonna drag our junk down because then the day after we'll just stay, and we're gonna go all the way down there and not bring our stuff to wheel, you know? Yeah so we drag our junk down and now i had bought uh at the time because of the the job i took um fortunately very fortunately for me this is back when companies used to do this kind of crap they actually gave me a a a couple bucks for to relocate like oh yeah we'll pay for your moving company fee wow it was wild so okay so i go and I, i talk with the hr lady after you know i get employed now. You know, I'm going back. Unfortunately, like we have to sell the house here, so I'm I'm like living in two states for like four or five months. So I'm going, you know, I'm going up there Monday Monday mornings. I'm coming home Thursday nights. I'm, you know, Carol's like God bless her. She's like every every Thursday night when I get home, she's like just I just get handed children and she just leaves. Right? (laughs) 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 These idiots are yours, right? And I say that, and I say that, we say that at the dinner table. They know I love my kids. We have uh, we have Irish triplets, right? So oh, our kids, right. our kids are, yeah, we have three kids that are less than three years apart. <laughs> oh my well, gosh, that sounds like a mission and a half. Yeah, and so that at that time they're like, you know, five, six, seven, or whatever they were. Um, and you know, it took, look. First of all, it took us a little while to figure out what was causing it. Right. So then we're like, oh, yeah, that's what's causing us. We can stop having the. We don't need Irish quadruplets. So. <laughs> <laughs> situation right yeah so so but so we uh you know god bless her she's even to this day like the fact that i come stumbling in from you know because i have my day job still right so the fact that i do my day job and then i quit and then i go out in the shop and then i stumble in at two o'clock in the morning and wake her up almost every damn night i don't know how she hasn't thrown me into the couch like permanently yet <laughs> especially you know stretches like Last month, trying to go to the Hammers with a new car, that was that was yeah thirty seven hour days. That was a little little much, but so yeah. So this is this is the Rush Creek qualifier, the very first one. So we go down there, we're just all sitting there. You know, I'm sitting there with my jaw on the ground. I can't help but drool a lot. And so this is also, um, you know, like a bunch of West Coast guys. Mm-hmm. It was you know that like the first one, a shitload of those guys showed up. So Eric Miller's there and Lucas Murphy's there. And Lucas and I go a long way back. So Lucas is is shows up with this tube chassis thing that he built as, God, that, that thing dates back to like some college project of his or something like that, right? So he shows up with that thing. Eric shows up with a plate and equipped Jeep, <laughs> right? Like this is his trail rig, you know, or, or a little, you know, maybe a glorified, you'll be able, hey, super, don't get me wrong, super nice fucking rig, but... So those guys show up and the first Rouse Creek qualifier goes off and we're hanging out for the whole day and whatever. whatever. So the day wraps up and Eric gets, and I I'm, don't quote me on this, I probably have it wrong because it's ancient history at this point. But anyway, point being, Dave's taken the first top 10 cars out of our C, our Rouse Creek that qualify for the 2010 King of the Hammers, right? Mm-hmm. Lucas, Eric comes in like sixth and Lucas comes in like seventh. Cause it's their home turf, right? And then yeah. the race ends, and now they're plucking like six cars out of the fucking second limb up on oak trees. All these West Coast cars that are just—they don't know what to fucking do. <laughs> so, and I'm not even joking, dude. I two or three years later, when they were still running that RCQ down there, and Shannon Campbell built his new IFS car. Um, I watched Shannon drive that fucking IFS car, and I what I say. 12 to 14 feet. I'm not even exaggerating. It went 12 to 14 feet up a fucking oak tree. <laughs> oh <laughs> oh my shit. I watched it. We were standing on the ridge watching this one section of course, and he comes and Shannon's, uh, don't get me wrong, unbelievable, super nice guy, first of all, unbelievable driver. Holy shit, when that thing went straight up that oak tree, it was a fucking thing of beauty. <laughs> <laughs> and and, it, and it, it wrapped around it and it came down on its fucking roof. And of course, it's a single seat car. And he's typical Shannon. He's just on the rev limiter, trying to get the the gyration and momentum from the tires to somehow try to grab something. I guess a piece of oak tree to try mm-hmm. to sell the thing. And it just it got onto one side, and then it finally fucking shut itself off. And he climbed out. Best part of that story is that that guy walked himself back to the main pit. Now it's rouse Creek because nothing but fucking mud. He mm-hmm. walked himself back to the pit, the main start finish area. And then manned a fucking fire hose and hosed off radiators for the next three hours on race cars coming through. That's pretty rad. That's pretty cool. That's a, that's a stand-up fucking guy right there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, he just walked away from a quarter million dollar race car, fucked with with a blown motor in the woods, and left it there for four hours so he could help the rest of the guys finish. That was cool.
4: that's so, awesome.
2: So, so those guys qualify. Lucas and, and Eric qualify. And Ross standing there having a beer afterwards, and Lucas and John get out of the car, and then we're sitting there bullshit, and he's like, "Well, shit!" I'm like, "What?" He goes, "Now I actually have to go." <laughs> it's like that moment, like, <laughs> "Holy crap! What's a bunch of yuckles? You know, it, you know, a bunch of swamp Yankees from New England? What do we, like? We don't even. We've never been to Southern Cali with a <laughs> <laughs> right? well, So, well, well, like, <laughs> and then the logistics of getting there yeah yeah I like so i'm like well so back to the reason i i mentioned about my company doing a relocation thing they were going to pay to relocate me to run they're going to pay for the moving company so instead i went to the hr person i'm like hey um is there you know i know you gave me an allocation it was x dollars i forget what it was i'm like does it matter how it gets spent it just has to get spent for moving right they're like yeah i'm like so if i take the money and hand you a receipt for a brand new enclosed trailer. That counts. She's like, yeah, because you're going to load your shit in and move. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> so I'm sitting in, I'm now here is six months later. I'm sitting in Rouse Creek with this brand new 28 foot Hallmark. <laughs> and I look at Lucas and I, I go, well, there's always that. And he turned and realized, and, and he, they didn't know I had it. I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh yes, there is that. So that was my donation to Murphy's law motorsports to, for the first trip. To california in 2010 that's awesome <laughs> right so we so so lucas came and got the thing and he took it home and he and he he lucas it right which we we joke about to this day it was uh it was way that first of all that thing was spectrum i fucked up when i ordered it because i it started out as a 20 footer right and i got a quote from the guy i'm like well if that's what a 24 to cost how much more is a 24 oh it's only another thousand bucks oh give me a 24. well really well how much is a 28 well, Oh, it's only another 1500 sure well all along <laughs> i'm not even thinking about the fact that what sh- what was a 10k trailer should have been a 14. yeah um, right yeah. so yeah. i started out with a 20 foot 10k well when we ordered it he never respect the axle housings and it showed up as a 28 foot 10k Oh. Ooh. Y- you know how quickly you exceed the... <laughs> 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 Very. a 5,200 pounds axles when you have 28 feet of fucking box to fill up. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Lucas dragged that fucking trailer to California. I swear, I don't, we never, I don't think we actually scaled it, but I guarantee you that thing was probably 18,000. <laughs> 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 there, there had to be 2,500 pounds of steel in it because we don't know no one knows what we're up against. So he brought enough tubing to build a whole other fucking car. I <laughs> <laughs> believe it. I fucking would. Right? So, I mean, they built, like, a whole shelf in there just to, like, you know, it, it was wild. So he stuffs that thing to the brim. And we're like, now we're all, a whole bunch of us are all pumped. We're like, oh, yeah, we're going to. So, again, right, a bunch of idiots from the Northeast have never, can't even spell Johnson Valley. And, and and so we now we're like, all right, Well, what do you do? You get on the internet. Well, how do I do this? Right. Okay. Well, there's these RV companies that are renting your RVs in Vegas and blah, blah, blah. So that became the beginning of this whole wild journey of like a bunch of us flew out. We picked up a bunch of RVs, right? Because we didn't know any better. So we, we just go, we go from the airport, we get a cab, we go to the RV shop We pick up two RVs. There's like eight or 10 guys, right? Where it's just every bunk and couch you could sleep on. There's a couple RVs just filled to the brim. By the way, when you're in the middle of Johnson Valley and it's the first time they're ever doing KOH, they don't have shitter pump trucks scheduled yet. <laughs> oh, boy. You got a half a dozen guys per RV and you get there on a Sunday, Tuesday, that fucking thing's full. Just, uh-huh. just let you guys know. If you wanted the math behind that, that's how that works. <laughs> I, I just
0: kind of figured that was how it worked. It really didn't yeah. need the math behind it, yeah. but yeah. makes sense. Now you
2: know.
4: <laughs>
2: so... But the funniest part was, we're like, well, we probably should get a at least one rental car in case we have to like run to town, right? So we do, we, and they give us a uh, a Nissan Murano because like mm. we need we need an SUV, right? Well, back to, you know yeah. this enterprise rental car, or whatever. That's what they had. Their 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 midsize SUV was a Nissan Murano. Like whatever, we'll take it. Mm. So we get to the we get out there and. I mean, talk about just like a fish out of water. I mean, we pull up, and these guys are talking like, you know, you know how it is in the northeast. We you know, we're used to private property going, wheeling on power lines, maybe go to Roush Creek right? And they're like, oh, yeah, you go down here, you hook a left, you go down a trail, too, and there you are. yeah, so we 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 roll it like, holy, look at this fucking shit show. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> And it's pure fucking like this is the this is like year two or three of King of the Hammers before the BLM stepped in and there were rules. Yep. When I say no rules, I'm talking like race day on sledgehammer, and we're physically helping Casey Curry roll his buggy over in the middle of the race. <laughs> <laughs> like we're standing in the race course
1: that's raw excitement that's that type of shit i need
2: let's oh go you your chat, your heart pumping out of your chest yeah yeah 100%, <laughs> dude. like it was fucking wild the start line if you go back and dig out old youtube videos you'll find the shit like you probably see our dumb faces leaning in right it's like a scene <laughs> out of mexico when you know you get all these guys leaning into baja trucks going 100 miles an hour like how's these people not dying that was yep. the early days Like, the start-finish line was two cars at a time, and it was a drag race, and you know what was holding us back from watching the drag race? A piece of ribbon. (laughs) 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 At one point, I think Dave or whoever, I think it was the Griffin guys that were throwing the green flag, at one point, they were, like, walking the line trying to back people up. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, because there wasn't two lanes anymore. You know, it was, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um so I went out and pit crew for Lucas and did that for a couple of years and then we then we opted to then you know now it became like my house really wild layout of the house it was a, it was a 2800 square foot ranch mm-hmm. with a full basement under it. We <laughs> had 2800 and garage doors going in the bottom. <laughs> we had a 2800 square foot shop under the fucking house. That's, That's sick. Pretty sick. And so it became, that's where shop night, had. like, you know, then it became, you know, you know, then Matt started coming a couple of nights, you know, Brian Owachowski, Obi started coming over all the time, you know, the the Flynn brothers, like we had this whole crowd, crew that had this regular routine, a couple nights a week, and we were just banging stuff out, you know, and, and getting better at, you know, and then of course, you know, you get exposed to all the stuff like, you know, the, the, the ultra four stuff and, everything, and then you just, you, you know, pirate, like, and you just, you know, you, you kind of push yourself. Right. And eventually it evolved into, you know, building whole cars, um, yep. and, and, and then getting into these bro light racing, these little Ford Ranger tool drive race things that, you know, cause mm-hmm. I got to that know. cool. Yeah, so I got to know, you know, so so yeah, so I had this relation, you know. So Lucas, you know, we were pickering for him, and then Matt was like, "Well, if we're gonna, you know, if we're gonna go out there, we might as well build a razor and race the razor race because why go out there and not do something?" So we did. You know, Matt bought a razor, and and I helped put it, you know, helped him put it together, and
1: we That's raced better
2: than a uh, Polaris too, right? Yeah, I was a Polaris razor, nine hundred turbo, I'm assuming. Um, that was no, that was a one thousand XP. Oh, before the turbos. Yeah, before he aspirated 1,000 XP. That was right. So this would have been 2015, 2016. So he bought a used 1,000 XP because, again, first he was like, we're not going to go win that race, but we want to go be in the race, right? mm -hmm. So it didn't matter that we didn't have the turbocharged on. We just wanted to go race. Mm -hmm. And then when you you really sit down and go, holy fuck, it's $5,500 just to Outfit the cab with all the safety gear. Yeah, we can skip the turbocharged car. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, by the time, because because you learn now, we're like, we've been doing this for a little way. Like, we've been going out to California pit crewing for guys for a couple of years now. So we know that now you start to l- learn the, the game, right? You also learn like the very first trip there when we were talking about, oh, they're going to go down this trail, then they're going to hook it right and they're going to go up to that trail and run that. You know, that was Dave at the driver's meeting. And we're thinking it's like, being in Field of Force or being at Rouse, Yeah, you go down the street, you know, down this little trail and hook it up. No, it was good on this trail and then go up there and took a right. And I go, well, can you point that out? He goes, what are you talking about? I'm like, can you where exactly is that trail? He goes, well, you're going to have to go to the GPS because it's on the other side of that fucking mountain. ridge that you guys can see 25 miles down the desert right now? <laughs> the Very first time you're ever standing there like, wait a minute. This off-road park isn't just this little sand dirt pile I'm standing on in front of us right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, guys. It's the size of fucking Rhode Island. You're like, oh, boy, we are so <laughs> out of our island out Oh Island. So I'll never forget that very first time. They're like, well, pit two. They're like, yeah, remote pit two. And like, that's all I was trying to do is I'm trying to get to pit two. And I'm doing the math like I got to beat Lucas's race car to pit two because we were there for the start. And we have, unfortunately, we have Lucas's tow rig is the only thing we have. And it's freighted with all kinds of shit in the bed, right? Because again, we, we got fuel cans and jacks and spare towels, all this shit. So there's four of us jammed in Lucas's Chevy 2500, and we're driving this thing through the fucking desert. chop like bang off the bump stops the whole fucking way like this poor bastard and lucas if you're listening i i don't ever think i ever apologized to you and i hope that thing sort of drove straight for the three thousand mile ride home but yeah they had to drive that thing back (laughs) so the whole time we're like we're in this panic mode because like we have to get all the way to pit 2 which by the way is like a 26 mile ride through the desert Oh, oh. A freighted Silverado that he has to then hook a doubly over freighted my trailer and drag it three thousand miles back to the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, God bless this truck. Did it make it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, it made it. I I don't think there was any rubber bump stops left on it, but sure. Who needs those, anyways? Let's be honest. Yeah, it, it, look, we gave we gave them another inch of up travel for the fucking Oklahoma potholes. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, so we're doing this couple years. So we race the razor. Um, that I tell you, that is a is a life changing moment. Um, because it's just you know, you, all of a sudden you're not the guys that are outside looking in. Yep. And when you, I will tell you, when you're, and I was just, I was just co-driving, right? But when you come around some of these ridges out out there and you you get to the, you're on race course, but you come over a ridge and suddenly you can see 150 miles down the desert.
0: Yeah. Uh, so awesome.
2: You literally, you pull, you stop the race car. Yeah. Like, we pulled cool. over. Like, oh my God, look at this. <laughs> Take it all in. You, do, do. Because you, don't you know why you don't have it? We have fucking oak trees. Yep. Right. They're in the way we can't see, right. You can see out there. That's the biggest Delta. Right. And that's the, that was that just awestruck moment of coming over your your Cause you otherwise would, we would never have been out there. Right. We would just would have been milling around in the pits, like helping people work on junk. Yep. Um, You know, it's also the, it's also the, that, realization that you know hopefully we might have to rotate names at the enterprise rental list (laughs) because i don't think there was anything i don't think there was a single oem skid or the chin spoiler left on that Murata when we brought it back they're unbelievable and they'll they're like yeah they're bad that's actually how a lot of race cars cut tires as they run those things over so so this thing was all fucking banged up and so we we bring it back and somehow it just skated by we must you know we must have just got the kid who didn't give a shit or whatever and it's yeah. the same deal with the rvs you bring the rvs back and yes you're like, oh my god
1: dude so- i I couldn't believe it when I was like, oh, you guys want to do a walkthrough? They're like, no, you got the insurance. You're good. I'm like, wait, what do you mean? They're like, yeah, no, you're all set. Like, it's totally fine. Whatever's up with it. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, here you go. Here's the key. See
2: ya. (laughs) 100%. And then it's even better because then what you do is the the pro move is you bring the RVs back and the, the kid that's checking you in, everybody chips in, you leave them like 50 or 60 bucks. Yep. Uh... you leave leave the kid checking it like you leave them on the on the table of the of the rv the kitchen table you leave like 40 50 bucks right and then you and then you look at him and go dude we just we didn't want to throw this stuff out but we had nothing else to do with it so there's like a there's a case of beer and a couple bottles of whiskey in here too but you know whatever we're just gonna leave it (laughs) <laughs> that's- way big, right it's amazing how you don't get the bill for the 230 hours of generator time that's on that rv <laughs>
1: <laughs> see i didn't that's that is the pro move see now i'll know that especially if i tow with that piece of shit if i ever yeah. like just chance towing my jeep somewhere it's right. like oh man the, the crazy how this happened here's 80 dollars <laughs>
2: yeah exactly. exactly so the same thing so now when we rent cars it's it's you, so, you know, And then it's like, you go back year two, you're like, yeah, Enterprise, yeah, I need a, I need an SUV or a truck or something, and you get there, and you're, they're, like, checking you out, and they're like, oh, do you want the insurance, and I'm like, so which one lets me just bring you back the keys? <laughs> 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 and the option, I'm like, yes, please, that one, check, one. Yeah, that's the one I want. Uh, thank God, because a couple of years later, we rented a, uh, they gave us a Ford Expedition XL, which is, like, Ford's version of the Suburban. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so the ride to pit. So, so it, I evolved into being the pit one guy, right? It's just over the years. And, and, and at some point I went from pitting for Lucas to then we raced our own Razor and shared a pit tent with Andrew McLaughlin at Let's Roll for a couple of years. Hung up with those guys. They were super, they're so, I still very good friends with them. I still race with them. Very good guys. And I'm standing in the Let's Roll pit tent and Lucas Murphy comes over with Eric Miller in tow. And he goes, Katrini, I'm like what? He goes, Katrini, Eric, Eric, Katrini. Now, I had, Eric and I kind of maybe didn't even know our names or whatever. Like, I kind of knew who he was. I don't know. He probably didn't know me from Adam or whatever. But um, Eric uh, has is holding the drive clutch to or the driven clutch. I forget which one. He's holding the clutch to his razor in his hands. Oh no. And so I'm, a, so, and Lucas is like, dude, Katrina used to s- snow cross sleds. Like I had, I forgot more about clutch shit than I mean, I, I don't even like to admit this. And if the wife listens, then I'm not going to admit to it either, but there's probably $2,000 worth of clutch parts sitting around this house somewhere. And he his weights and springs,
1: right? Send them my way. I got you. We'll put them to good use. Cool.
2: So, so, uh, and they're the same goddamn clutches, they're just, the parts are slightly different, but they're basically the same. I mean, as a matter of fact, old school sled clutches, springs fit in those things. But so, <laughs> really? so over, yeah, oh, dad, we had Matt's razor, we were probably the only, this would have been back before a lot of these guys figured it out, but we were probably the only, not necessarily year one, but year two, when we, the second year we, we raised that razor, we were probably the only razor on the lake bed that could hold it to the pin in 20 miles across the desert and not even warm up the belt. Wow. And that was a big deal back then. Like everybody was blown. everybody was strapping like seven belts to their to their cars back then. <laughs> so Eric comes on. And that's how I kind of more formally got introduced to Eric and got to know him better. Right. Um, and Scott Decker is another guy in that in that crowd. As Scott was was uh you know there so Scott and I became very, 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 good friends. He's a he's a very good friend of Eric's as well. Um, and then Matt. Uh, so we raced the razor two years and then that kind of came to an end. He's like, yeah, we got that out of our system. And then Scott called me. He's like, Hey, what are you doing? Like, are you coming back next year? I said, yeah, but we're not racing the razor anymore. He goes, well, that's cool. Cause we kind of love to have you kind of like, can you take over the razors for Eric? Oh, just shit. Just Like as far as like running that, part of the program kind of thing so so as far you know at, for race week out at the hammers right so so i kind of moved over to the miller compound at that point for a couple for those years moving forward so Damn. and then and then scott uh decker uh took that and chopped that thing all up both sided like we built a legit fucking car uh, i i call it you, yeah you guys get used to it you call everyone car but we built a re- scott built a really legit Razor for Eric because we're like, all right, we're we're gonna really get behind the steel. And you know, if, if he's gonna keep racing the Razor class, it, it's not, you know, and that's Eric, right? It's not a lot of those guys were racing the Razors, like you know, the Campbells and Healy and all those guys, they were racing razors because they just wanted they just wanted time on course before the big race. Mm-hmm. Eric's not that like you put Eric in something, he's there to like, I don't care. You put him in a bro, like dude. Holy shit! You want to talk about swapping fucking paint with him? He's no joke. I don't care what you put him in. He's there to fucking win. <laughs> so it is not about hey, we're just going to run the razor to get more seat time on the court. No, they wanted to win that class. So, so Scott completely tore that car apart, rebuilt it. Um, I drove down to Scotts in uh, Virginia, just outside of D.C. So I was driving down to Virginia a little bit here and there to help him on that car. We got that help, kind of that thing all put together. And then I spent, you know, and then again, it's all the shock tuning because I'm a shock junkie. Um, but that car, uh, that was still now everybody's showing up with turbos, right? To your to your yeah. point, turbo question. So that car we ran in tw- the 20, oh God, it's all blurred now. I think it's like the call it the 2017 or 2018 race somewhere around there against all the turbo cars and the Campbell cars and the you know and the and the Guthries with their factory back cars. And we physically finished third, but got bumped on time by like 10 seconds. How did you get bumped on time? Well, so it's not, I shouldn't say bumped on time. It's, so it's a clock race, right? So King of the Hammers is not, it's a clock race. So they start cars 30 seconds apart, two at a time. So if you start 10th row back, you're five minutes behind the first car that leaves. So you only have to, if you come in four minutes and 59 seconds behind him, you, you win. Okay. Yeah. Right, so even though we physically came, so even though Eric physically came over the line in third, somebody that started like way back behind him made enough time differential to bump him by 10 seconds or something like that back to forth. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun during that time frame. And, and I you want to talk about learning a lot, right? So. Being involved with the Razor and really kind of running point on ensuring that that car is ready for race day for the Razor race. But now you're in that compound, right? Now you're in a tier one, you know, compound with a car that's won that thing a couple of times, right? The big car, the 4400 car Mm -hmm. around that whole crowd. And Eric's in that whole family. They're they're at this point in my life. They're like those folks are my family, you know, Leah and the kids and everybody else. (laughs) So it's really cool. Just that was just such a huge opportunity that really just came from the fact that you know we just wanted to go down to Roush Creek and have a good time in 2009 and watch them racing, You know, yeah. and 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 the fact that I knew Lucas at the time and and he was going to go give it a shot and it just you know it, it all kind of just pays forward over, over the years and and you know so then fast forward you know seven or eight years later and lucas murphy's dragging eric miller over to me to say hey can you help him put his clutches together for tomorrow's race kind of thing so really cool opportunity cool experience um you know just that whole thing so and i know we sort of we skipped ahead to some of the trip conversations these are the these are the trip stories right around just memorable stuff and events so this just becomes this annual pilgrimage now right of of you know, hey, it's, it's hammers, you know, it's time for the hammers again. And the conversation start in November of the year. But um, so that kind of, that is, as wild as this may sound, it, that took over a lot of a couple of years of like, I didn't even have anything to wheel. So I stumbled across this, another XJ, right? For short money that already had one tons under it. And so we did, that was, that one from day one was like, yeah, I'm just chopping them. We're gonna chop, the, we're gonna firewall this thing. And I don't even care what the cage looks like. We slapped a cage on that thing in literally like eight hours. <laughs> God damn! And it was it was like two. There's there's probably all Every once in a while, y'all, that's one thing I do like about social media. Like when the memory shit comes up, like there's still memories that pop up with that rig and the wife driving it and thrashing on it. And you know, uh, there's like two bends in that whole fucking cage. It's just and I went through like eighty four fucking hole saws in the notcher. You know, just <laughs> <laughs> so, um, straight sticks with notches, just triangulated up <laughs> so that we can not die rolling it over. <laughs> So real quick, I gotta ask
0: about uh, one of the guys I know that was racing out there. Did you ever end up seeing like Straight Jacket Motorsports and Chris William?
2: I the name, the straight jacket name rings a bell.
0: Yeah, they were out there running a uh, forty six hundred car XJ, yeah. I think, in yeah. twenty seventeen, and I believe they were buddies with the Millers.
4: Yeah, yeah, the straight. So it all just kind of
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, good times. There's, um, yeah, the straight tech name definitely is about it. Th- that thing has become such a huge production. Um, it's wild. I, I get, you know, I, I I strike conversations with people like a month or two later every year. And they're like, oh, yeah, I was out for this year's race. I'm like, yeah, dude, I, yeah. I, dude. Next time, text me oh, two weeks beforehand and we'll try to cross paths. But it's just such a huge mess out you know i don't i don't guess mess is the right direction. it's just big it's just, it's just yeah, huge it's a massive thing now it's massive it's just massive you know it's, it's a it's a big thing so yeah street jacket name rings a bell i can't say that i remember specifically talking to those guys but
0: okay i was just curious because like yeah. you know that interweaves in there i think oh, that they sure. took like third i want to say or something like that yeah. i can't remember yeah. off the top of my head yeah
2: yeah, there's so many cool stories about that stuff. Back yeah. to the lack
0: of notch or blades after you finish that cage. Yeah.
2: yeah, so but that that rig was so I can't, you know, I just keep going like you know, all the years and all this stuff and being around these cars and being around these, you know, $300,000 race cars and everything else, but there is just something that is so fun about a cheap just zero fucks given rig that so, you just can't get away from. I mean, it's just you know, yup, XJ or er had one tons under it. It was a horrible. And again, back to the, you know, going down rabbit holes. I'm I'm like a geometry link junkie and all this other stuff from the years of being a IT guy because, you know, It's easy. You can obsess over that stuff and perfect it. It's super fun. Yeah. And, and, you know, without, before the four link calculator, before I even stumbled into that on, on pirate that everybody talks about to these days to this day, we kind of had built our own already. Mm -hmm. You know, I have spreadsheet formulas and CAD draw, like we have all this crap that we, you know, because we're, we're IT guys. We're just these tech geeks that you can't help yourself. And when you have access to that kind of stuff, because, your job gives you corporate licensing to really cool, expensive software that otherwise you wouldn't afford on your own. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but then you go back to this, yup, I I, I need something to wheel. I haven't had my, you know, we haven't, we mean the family, Caroline, whatever. We haven't had our own wheel and rig in a, in a season or two because we've been in between stuff and I've been busy building all this other shit. And, you know, this, this super cheap, short money XJ that's already got one tons under it albeit in a horrible way, but they were there. Um, comes up for a couple thousand bucks. You're like, yeah, yeah. Are you are you home tonight? Yeah, I'm not even going to argue about this price. I'm just going to, here's the money. Let me load it up and go home before you realize what you're giving away right now. <laughs> 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 no, really? I mean, seriously, it was, it was like $1,900. It was a running XJ with one tons under it already. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we stabbed, I think the only thing I really did was, like I said, we, we immediately the next morning lopped it at the firewall, windshield included. So we lopped it at the firewall. We stabbed windshields, man. Just something about yeah.
1: it. I hate those fucking <laughs> things.
2: First rule, first rule of fight club. You walk out with a sawzall. So, <laughs> so, you know, we, we jam a cage on it and I get my hands on some wheels and, and some use 37 reds and off we go. And, uh, that thing was just a hoot because it didn't cost much, and you could beat the bag out of it every weekend. And we, the first time we ever, had, I I ended up snagging a an atlas from a buddy of mine. A used atlas from a buddy of mine, um, stabbed that in there, and off we go. And we're at uh, Field and Forest, and there's a trail, and I'm I am, uh, and everybody, my kids, my wife, everybody's like, I'm horrible at this. Like, I got, I'm I'm not good with it. Like, I could get you back to that trail. But I don't have every single trail name memorized. There's guys that are field and forth junkies that can tell you every you know every name of every inch of every single thing. Um, <laughs> I can tell you where all the red trails are now because all the years running Humble Pie with my daughter with Taylor. Uh, mm. But but Sunny, so anyway, we're on this trail and there's this there's this this thing called Wedgie Rock. It's you know uh, Bob did a. Um, Christ, I was way back when. got all of a sudden, flood back into my memories now. So I remember standing standing out on the on the property with Bob one day, and he kind of, hey, no one's around. I'm Like, yeah, he's like, hey, uh, so I got, I, got, I just want to kind of like bounce something off you. Like, well, he's, Liza and I are thinking about buying the place, and I'll never, I'll never fucking forget that for the rest of my life. That moment because I remember Bob looking at me saying that, um, you know, and we go back a ways like you know back talking about club days like a bunch of us were members of various clubs and then it became the anti-club because we all kind of got tired of the club thing mm. and so this anti-club if you will called summit crawlers sprung to life and all it was was an excuse to stand up a quick internet forum for a handful of us that were like-minded to just get together and wheel and it was none of the other club crap like we weren't we we're guys i'm not here to fucking bake brownies and do <laughs> You know, like, seriously, like, I mean, you know, we were members of clubs back in the day. was like, oh, we're doing the bake sale this weekend to raise money for this, blah, blah. Dude, I'm here to whale yeah. my shit. You want to help welding stuff? Fine, call me, but leave me out of the fucking <laughs> conversation. I, brownies, <laughs> I, I, I bet your brownies suck too. Um, you probably the worst brownie maker ever. <laughs> they didn't want your help anyways. <laughs> Although the wife, I can't say that. But the wife can fucking pay. That lady, can pay. I don't know, not 400 fucking pounds. But, uh, so they, so, you know, the summer crawlers, right? And, um, uh, and so it's just handfuls, it you know, a bunch of us old school, you know, Bang, Eugene. Anyways, a bunch of guys, the old
1: guys, got it. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and
2: uh, <laughs> and so we, you know, that only last that club, quote unquote, only lasted a couple years. Anyway, it was really, you know, Mark Kozakovich, Mark K. Holy shit, him and his fucking jungle juice. Jesus Christ, uh, what, what? <laughs> you want to go blind? Show up, show up at an event that Mark Kozakovich has his fucking mixers going. Uh. <laughs> Hey, so, I fill that rolled now. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, uh, but you know, but hey, I'm gonna you know, and the reason I say it sticks out in my head for it will that moment will stick out in my head forever is because, quite frankly, had they not, I'm not sure that part that that property would be there, or I should yeah. say, not be there available to the rest of us. Because mm-hmm. um, who knows? It could have turned into a sub subdivision. You know, who knows?
1: It turned into a campground. Wink, wink.
2: Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Uh, yeah. of, of, of don't bring your Jeep here, crown kind of came yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, so she's up in this, she's up in, I always forget the trail, but Bob, so Bob did this. Uh, so 2010, right? There was this thing called, uh, uh, and 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 I'm gonna, you know, again, I'm not picking on your guys' age, but there was these things called magazines. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen <laughs> one of those before. House, they were printed on paper and they showed up at your house, and that's what you sat on the shitter with instead of your phone. <laughs>
1: Guess and, where my stack of Thrasher magazines are, right next to
2: the shitter. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Peterson's four wheel drive, right? So, so, so they used to do this thing called Ultimate Adventure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was that whole hey, we're going to, we're going to, you know, take 15 of our buddies and, and pick a 800 square mile area or some region of the country. And we're going to go hit like six parks in a row over the course of like 10 days or whatever the hell it is. Mm hmm. So, field of force ends up being stop number one for ultimate adventure twenty ten. Yep, I remember watching the videos on that. Cool. So, what's not in the video is me running tail gun. Ooh, because right the rig I had was on BFGs, and 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 Goodyear was the tire sponsor for that. <laughs>
1: Oh geez. Right. And you got ostracized because and you
2: didn't have stuff. the cool oh, guy tires. So Bob was leading it in his old yellow, that yellow linked samurai he had with the with the tin roof on. You know the, it was like a half a tube buggy. Yep, yep. Um, I don't know if you guys ever talked to him about that thing. That thing was badass, little rig. Um, that was also back in the days when Deep was Extreme used to do that big event at like the fairgrounds up in New Hampshire. And so there's that inner you know, that internet. Uh, I don't know if you guys have caught this over the years, but every year it seems like the picture of Bob's old yellow samurai, like five feet in the fucking air over a bunch of uh, uh, concrete cylinders. Have you guys seen that?
1: Uh, not that I can remember.
2: Doesn't know. So, so one <laughs> of these days you're gonna see it. And and what? And the running joke is when that picture came out, it was literally it's Bob in his old yellow. Uh, Sammy on thirty six Irox, right? But it had that stupid little, um, what's that little Suzuki motor? It's like a, it's like a, it's a twin cam something that's fucking revs to like nine grand, like revs to the yeah. fucking right. Yeah. And Bob doesn't understand that there's anything below eight thousand rpm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well,
3: that's just how you have to drive a samurai. There's yeah,
2: no other well, way to do it. <laughs> so, so we're we and so now, so the Deep Woods Rock Crawl event is this competition thing that they used to hold over the years. And so you, it was just all this pile of shit that they piled right down what would have been like almost like a truck pole track. Right. But just imagine a rock pile just strewn down the middle of it with a bunch of concrete, you know, Jersey Jersey barriers and cylinders and all this other crap.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So Bob, at some point, flattens the right front tire and we were almost out of uh, to the finish line. And it's this giant obstacle that you got to clear. And because of that flat tire, it ain't going over it. So he just backs up and does the, you know, the third gear WFO send, and the thing literally hits the cylinders and it jumps fucking five feet straight in the air because it doesn't weigh nothing. Yeah, yeah. Somebody, I forget who, somebody happened to snap a pic at the peak of its of its hovering, and so this picture of the Sammy like five feet up in the air above all of this pile of concrete. And and I don't even think you can see me, but so I'm spotting for Bob, (laughs) and and behind the haze of of smoke because of just the thing billowing smoke out of every orifice, and it's five feet in the air. But the way the way when they snapped the picture, they snapped it just in time to where the tire itself, the flat spot, is at the bottom. It just (laughs) so happened it was on its way around. The flat spot's at the bottom of the picture, so immediately the internet explodes. That thing was sitting on the ground as photoshopped. That's why the tire's flat. (laughs) (laughs) And so, but somehow, I mean, here it is like a decade or more later that somehow this fucking picture keeps showing up over the years. Oh yeah. And every time like, it shows up, I tag Bob and all I say is fucking Photoshop, dude. And he <laughs> <laughs> ends up like it's just this running. It's it's so funny. It's this running joke. <laughs> I stand like I'm right five feet near that nobody believes. I'm like, dude, I was standing under it. Trust me, I almost got run over by the thing. It was five feet up from there. <laughs>
4: So,
2: <laughs> yeah oh it was it was good times so uh so so carol's uh, in her cherokee she's going up this fucking wedgie rock trail which is the the same route that we took these guys for ultimate adventure right and she shears the front output off the fucking atlas because she You're not she had it all pinned up. It was all pinned up, and I'm like, you know what? If we just front dig. So I'm, I'm like, hey, just front dig it around this rock. So she does her thing, and she's front digging this thing, and it just goes pop. Oh, my God. Great. Any opinion? No. It was literally the front output on the Alex. Come on, Cody. You paying attention? What?
1: <laughs> I just <laughs> said that. <For> instance, <laughs> I've been having audio issues this whole fucking time, so I'm
2: my bad. All okay? Right, well, you uh, yourself. It's like a Mad Lib <laughs> over here. I'm sorry. <laughs> So so we get the thing home and I pull it apart and it's it's lit- and and again I just can't think Bob I and mean, Lies enough for buying that place because these I have like a thousand stories that are like this one. And this is that moment that I bought this used atlas and I call Advance, and I'm like, hey, I need a front output. And they're like, Oh yeah, just give the serial number. And I'm like, Yeah, it's 20 2613. And the guy's like, No, I need the rest of it. I'm like, that's all that's stamped on And he goes, <laughs> uh, hold on a minute. And he literally hangs me on hold for like three or four minutes. He comes back on and he goes, yeah, I had to get Bob because that serial number, like, pre-dates, like, I think my birthday. So, like, the, meaning <laughs> the day I was born, not his birthday, right? Yeah. We had a four-digit serial number at Atlas in that thing. Didn't even realize it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, it had a 26-spine front output. What are they now, 32? Oh, you can't even buy that. Anymore. Right? They come standard with a 32. In it, so, yeah. So, uh, so you know those are just again, but but again, it's cheap fun, right? I mean, I, we had such short money to that thing; it was super cheap fun. Um, so then that thing kind of comes and goes, and and then I'm gathering parts. So it's like you know, whatever the hell year it is, it's probably five or six years ago. Where she's wheeling that Cherokee, and. I'm like, I need to build. I, you know, I'm going to build myself a car. Now I've been exposed to all of this crap, and this is like the worst thing that Lucas Murphy qualifying for King of the Hammers in 2009 is probably the worst thing that could happen to my wallet.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> because no. you go out west in 2009, and you're like, holy shit, yeah. And that's the beauty of K.O.H. It's not the race cars; it's all the other shit out there, and all these ideas start spinning in your head, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna build, I'm gonna build myself a new rec wheeler. I'm gonna put Hummer portals on it. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. So I start gathering all these parts. But that shit is fucking expensive and it takes forever. Yep. Yep. So uh so in the process of all this, and this is let's see, now did we at this point we moved back to Connecticut and I get a phone call because i had you know come my buddies knew what i was up to kind of just like as far as parts gathering and i kind of had this car in my head that i wanted to build and uh i get a phone call uh, a gentleman by the name of eric swenson eric calls me i don't know him from adam hey i got your number from so-and-so yep so-and-so says you got a bunch of portal parts i'm like yeah and now this would have been like it'd
0: be swenson what's that of course it would be eric asking
2: about portals right so and again i don't know him at all i had never met him before you know super nice guy I never, but at that point i had never met him before i've never so, met him either yeah
0: i just only know him as the portal guy or guy yeah right because
2: he's got all the, he had all that unibon stuff yep so hey i hear you got a bunch of portal stuff I'm like yeah yeah i do and this would have been like Just as, or maybe right before Jesse Haynes started kind of publicly advertising that he was building, like, stuff, right? Like, oh, you can (laughs) buy, you can buy this. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I do a pile of portal shit. And, um, he's like, yeah, so I don't know. I'm kind of, you know, maybe wondering if you'd be interested in doing something. I'm like, oh, I don't know, I happen to be, I forget where, I was probably at one of my buddies places in New Hampshire, I'm like, well, up here for the day, you know, he goes, oh, well, I, I'm i in wherever, Massachusetts, I forget what town. He's like, well, all right, I can stop on my way home. So I stopped there and we have the conversation. And, uh, and at that point, I had never, like, we had done a lot of work at the Vermont house, like, you know, w- w- with my whole crew and, and you know, family. And, and that's kind of a funny story because that was, we were, we were at it for like four or five years there, and it was a lot of late nights. You know, how it is, they all have day jobs, right? So it's a lot of late nights and a lot of this. So you're ordering a lot of shit food. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's the typical shop night stuff. It's like beer, pizza, beer, wings, beer. Oh, you know, oh, oh I'm going to go out and get McDonald's. And he comes back. Yeah. And like, you're sending all you down to McDonald's, and he's leaving the shop with like $120. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a lot of McDonald's. <laughs> it would be like six burgers. You know? Oh, it was ridiculous. You know, he's, he's coming back with like you know he's he's pulling up going yeah i need uh i need a dozen apple pies i need you know like
4: yeah.
2: so, it's just kind of funny because one of the KOH trips i'm not even no it wasn't KOH? no it wasn't it was one of the fucking bro light races down in virginia i had a class c rv at the time and we hooked my clothes to it and six of us piled in the fucking rv right you mentioned six guys trying to go bro light racing right with the bro light truck on the way, so now we don't fit the through the drive through McDonald's. So we had to we pull up at McDonald's and and they had to get out and go to the drive through window because it was midnight. Damn, <laughs> does this bring up anything? <laughs> <put> traffic <laughs> in the drive through window, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I got this right. And the, these people are like, why is this idiot standing in the fucking line <laughs> in the drive through outside because we couldn't fit the R three V through the fucking uh-huh. at McDonald's in in Jersey. <laughs>
1: Bro, we got yelled at in Virginia at like 2 in the morning at a Taco Bell because we couldn't fit Graham's truck, my RV, or, well, the RV I was renting, or fucking Collins' truck through the Taco Bell. And they were like, you can't stand in the drive-thru. And we're like, we can't fit our vehicles through the drive-thru. Yeah.
2: Oh, my God. That's just fucking <laughs> crazy. Oh, we're standing at the fucking window at the fucking drive-thru, right? And these people are like, oh, he's getting a fucking whatever. And now the bags start coming through the fucking window. <laughs> oh, even hold it all the guys in the car that are waiting are just fucking cracking up and here's only like almost dropping entire bags of food how you know trying to drag the shit back there
1: <laughs> needed a wagon you should have given him a wagon for all the food
2: <laughs> <laughs> we, we uh so where was i going about all right so anyway so we um uh where was i i don't know god this is my add fucking brain <laughs> uh, i think we were talking about the portals yeah so, Mark, right, so, Swenson calls me. Uh, he's like, hey, uh, so anyway, so we kind of talking. I'm like, all those years of building shit, right? so we we back then, um when we went racing, we're like, we need a we need a we need a team name. You, you can't have a race car without a team name, right? <laughs> so we need a team name. And so we're all sitting around one night and 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 this realization comes over us that holy shit so now i'm gonna i'm gonna skip ahead for one second because we have these really badass matt had a friend or somebody that uh was really good with graphic design stuff so we have these really cool i still have a bunch of them but his really cool logo is fkf racing but he did it like that vintage 50s like street sign looking thing they're really badass so it was fkf is what we came with fkf racing and we did fkf racing in particular because what the backstory was that we didn't want to put on like hoodies and the side of their car and, c- and just in case, like we picked up a sponsor, whatever, but it was short for fat kid fabrication. <laughs> we all realized in the two or three years of sitting in my fucking base, we had all put on like 20 fucking pounds. I can believe it. Every one of us put on, like I was throwing away jeans cause they didn't fit. Like we all put on 20 or 30 pounds in that shop over the course of <laughs> So it, it, so again, you know, if it's four a.m., I think Devin Noyes is probably pat, like Devin always is, is fucking passed out in one of the recar- or one of the uh, one of the Corbos, sitting in the corner of the shop. And we're you know, and it's it's two bottles of whiskey and fucking eighty-four hamburgers later, and Fat Kid Fab just came out of somebody. We have all this FKF swag and stuff. It's still I still keep it all. It's it's good. It's good times. Good memories. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so then we uh so Eric calls me, up, yeah, you know, you want to do it. So, but this is like my first, like, you know, all the other projects we did was because it was a friend, right? It was, you know, Devin Noyes, who had a CJ, who was like, Hey, I want to put Dana Dana 44 under the front. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. No, why? And re- are you guys ready for it? Because I still want a street drive. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, if, if has anybody, you guys know Dan at all. If you've seen his current condition of his rig, yeah, that's how they, Oh, they always go right. It's one ton. It's fucking coil overs. It's a full blown. It's might as well be a buggy. Yeah. So, um, you know. So, but it was always like it was a friend or, or or part of the wheeling crowd or somebody that was a green mountain crawler person or whatever. You know, Ben Gagné's truck and a Toyota. And then, um, but again, we all had that. We were you know a bunch of us were going to Cali every year right? Handful of us were going to Cali every year. So we come back with all, so the whole, that was always like the two day trip home was always the conversation about the shit we saw and well, let's build this or let's build that. And then, you know, you're collecting parts and, and Matt collected a bunch of, um, you know, m- kind of rear engine, you know, he, he got a, he got a deal on a couple of housings. They were all set up for rear engine stuff already. And then so, you know, we built a rear engine or those guys, I should say, because now I'm moving back to the negative. but you know, so the chassis came out and then, and then we and then we got out. We kind of got away from the bro light stuff, so the bro light turned into some barter for the a goat built chassis, and that that's now, uh, um, that's now the, the the rodeo goat car, and so it's all this stuff going on. But this is the first. But it's always always just like, you know, it was always just like this collective effort to build shit.
4: Mm-hmm. What
2: Eric called it was the first time that somebody's like, "Hey, I want to like hire you to build a car." I'm like. Really? You want to pay me to do shit? okay. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I don't know, like, I don't even know what to charge. Like, I and because I can't, you can't possibly actually charge for the like for the hours. Like you no. can't, charge, yeah, oh, no, impossible. can't charge for five hundred thousand dollars Like, there's no way, you know. No. So we sort of like we came to like a basically like, all right, look, here's just a flat, I don't know, here's a here's a here's a just a flat number. How about this? You pay for the parts, pay me a little bit of money. For just a little bit of my time, and it'll be a cool project, kind of thing. And so, and so that's kind of how it initially started. And then so we built Eric's car. And um, and then one and now now, fast forward, you know, again, IT guy, I don't, I'm not building another car by hand ever again. Like I did <laughs> that, and I'm like, oh my God. I now I remember why. Like this just gets all like slinging slinging bands and banging through fifty four you know wholesales cells in the notch, and like this is getting old. But now it's two thousand and whatever fuck year it was 20, I don't know it was two or three years ago. And you don't have to do that shit anymore. Like, hey, I'm gonna download some CAD software that's only a few hundred bucks now, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna draw the car and I'm gonna send the file to these two guys, and they're gonna give me a bid. And guess what for? For about the same amount of money it's going to cost to buy the damn material and buy 20 hole saws and buy 100 flat wheels, it's already caught and bent, and it shows up on a pallet. Yeah. So, I took Eric's car. When Eric's car, we first put it together, uh, that was just a huge, like, change in the whole way my, like, just approached all this stuff, right? And so um and he was very cool to work with because he was just like you know not like he's just kind of let me do it he's like yeah and you know we went back and forth some but it was really tough because you know eric run eric you know is a, is an entrepreneur he runs it he's very busy you know especially that time he like i was trying to build this thing over the course of a spring and a summer and his business takes him you know a bazillion hours a week during that time frame so it's not like he's not Like you showing up at my doorstep every other day to like, and we, you know, we build a car or something, and mm-hmm. so, um, so I, you know, and I openly admit this to everybody, you, like the second one's always better than the first one, right? And so okay. it's like, I, so that, but that experience, that ability to just have a blank slate, uh, 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 empty chassis table, right? Which I still to this day think, you know, Scott Dollar and a bunch of guys from Deep Was Extreme, there was a handful of guys that. Um, you know, Gene Ritter, Scott Dollar, Aaron Turcott, uh, Mike Tamers. I'm going to miss, I apologize to anybody if I miss your names, but they were sharing a shop over in Southern New Hampshire and they were building buggy chassis, like way before I ever even dreamed of building something from like ground zero. Right. I was always starting with something like we talked about. I was chopping a firewall XJ. I was chopping up a CJ or helping somebody with a Toyota pickup or whatever the case may be. So you
1: had the lines to follow. And
2: you didn't have to like completely solve every fucking problem, right? Yeah. You don't have to worry about exactly where the motor mount has to go because it's already sitting on a frame rail, right? Yep. So when you go from that to, holy shit, I have, and and I say that, I thank those guys at Deepwoods because not only the stuff they used to put on, like letting a sail Bob Samory through the air a million miles, but also the, they were doing this, they were building chassis from nothing. Yep you know, and, and it was just cooled And and then what happened was their lives moved on and they were collectively renting like this commercial warehouse that, that came to an end. So all this stuff had to leave. And so that afforded us the opportunity A handful, like Matt and myself, a handful is, we bought a bunch of that equipment, right? So we bought the chassis table. We bought, you know, a big press break thing with a, with a, with a sheet metal roller and, um, you know, a CNC plasma tail. You know, Scott had a torchmate, CNC plasma tail, like all this crap. And so it really allowed me eventually to now be in this position fast forward, where Eric Eric reaches out and we have this conversation. And now I feel like I've, yeah, I can probably you know, I can tackle this, right? i've I've been around all these, you know, super awesome teams and had the been afforded great opportunities for the Millers the be involved in all that and really learn a lot about laying out a car and what makes it durable and what makes it, you know, not fucking break for 250 miles worth of ultra four racing. And, and, and also, Hey, it sucks getting in a car. And I've also had enough experience over the years to now, you know, 30, three, four, 5 years of wheeling and been in physically and either as it being able to drive a friend's car or, somebody's car or being a co-driver or a passenger to know all the stuff that sucks and let me tell you a lot of stuff and a lot of cars suck when you get in these buggies that are just scratch built two buggies and your leg is up against the fucking header
1: oh god
2: yeah no thanks right. <laughs> or yeah the guy you know the guy's buying a new uh right you know he's got he's got 52 brand new left sneakers because his right sneakers tread is melting off because throttle pedal pedals mm-hmm. so for the fucking collector <laughs> uh or or hey i'm i'm gonna hop in passenger with you for the day and you go a mile and you're like get me out of this fucking passenger seat because my knees are in my chest because the you know they they put the fucking battery in my face or whatever yeah, is. yeah. so so really my first stab at I'm going to, I'm going to be, and again, we built some stuff from scratch in Vermont, but it was always a collective. You know, yep. you have kind of that hive mind, like, no, no, that's dumb. Oh, you're right. That is probably dumb. Let's move it. Let's move it. <laughs> it's so much better when you have a couple of your shop buddies, right? Cause you yep. just keep each other honest or you say you're overthinking it. just fucking weld it and let's move on
3: yeah you keep each right. other in check and you don't get yeah. caught on shit and you can guy
2: that uh, needs to be told fucking move along right because i will way overanalyze everything. oh yeah, yeah. somebody's
1: dressing a stroker bill before they go to tennessee <laughs> <very> easy because <laughs> well,
2: i don't have jacob
3: jacob's i don't know jacob breathing down my neck like no that's gotta move
2: <laughs> so so now i'm kind of i'm out here on my own but i, I say that jokingly i'm not on my own because i have taylor right and so taylor's my daughter three kids two boys and a girl taylor's in the middle and taylor was the out of the three of them taylor was the one that came down at 11 years old in the shop in vermont and said okay how does that welder work and i went oh well Ooh. Sit, sit down. <laughs> let me show you how it works and i put it in her hand and three days later at 11 years old she's laying down you know pretty nice MIG beads and it took off from there, and that kid to this day is still probably well better than I do herself wow. and yeah, and so that era, again, still back in Vermont, that would have been an era where you know, we kind of took apart the uh that that x j and um, geez, I need something for her wheel. So it becomes this you know smoke and deal on a samurai on Toyota's. Um, that already had like a tracker auto in it and the one, six sixteen valve and, and all this and that. So she, I still have photos and pictures of this, this stuff kicking around, but so she, she'd wheel that thing and she went down 12 years old and sent that thing down, um, boulder dash at field of horse <laughs> straight shot at it. Never pulled cable done 12 years old. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, sick. Right. So, so then that one, unfortunately, I'm like, oh shit, because it had a crappy roll. Like, okay, we got to put a real roll cage in this thing. If that's the kind of fact she's going to be doing with it. (laughs) And, uh, and that turned into, oh no, this thing is a pile of dust. There wasn't anything to weld a real cage to. And so unfortunately that thing got kind of chopped up in the, in the effort to not actually take one apart and have it turn into a parts pile. Unfortunately, that's what happened because we were trying to find things to weld to and just, we just couldn't. And now I'm like, well, I can't have her out in this thing. She's going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that kind of got taken apart. And so I had that 16 valve doubler, you know, 16 valve TH 180 doubler. Um, set up to take a Dana 300 off the back of it and a bunch of other good parts So that's ultimately what I was kind of scrolling away to say. I'm just gonna kind of build a smaller crawler with portals on it and I'll just use that drive line. and then that Eric called And so that's what ultimately like well, let's just I've kind of already started scrolling a bunch of this stuff away And I kind of have it in my head how to lay it out. So, you know, if you're game He's like, yeah, sounds like a plan. Let's let's do it now. I'll jump ahead because I'll never do that again. And Eric and I, le- we learned, right? You learn every, the second car is always better than the first and the third car is always better than the second one. And so Eric's was the first one. I hand built it. And then that was that reminder. Now I hadn't hand, we hadn't, I hadn't hand built a chassis in a couple of years. Cause the last one we did was open Vermont. And, um, and so I'm like, you know what? It's, it's cheap enough and easy enough now to not have to hand build these things anymore. So I sat down to draw. So I basically took that car. Caught it t- took a million notes, took all the dimensions, and sat down and drew it and cat And knowing that now I can make some changes after learning, after building the first one, and then make some adjustments and then fire that out to a couple guys and see if I can get you know this stuff pre bent and pre notched. Uh, and I can just put it together like a Lego kit, mm-hmm. which then forced me to go from a two by two plaza table. Like, oh, well, if I need to build my own jigs to put these cards together, I need a bigger table. <laughs> So then that became, okay now it's you know so now that it became this couple of year journey it's like two year journey from building from finishing eric's car literally like a month before humble pie mm. and taking it up to field and force there was a, there was an event that one of the clubs was doing that he was a member of so we were able to at least go run it for a day up at up at field and forest before humble pie Stake the bugs out of it, make some adjustments, change the strut setup, do a bunch of things. And then Humble Pie rolls around that year. And that year was, I don't, I don't know that we'll ever see it again. That was like the hero traction year at Humble Pie, where everybody just shot everything. Like, and I don't know if you guys, I think you guys, I think I've heard through other podcasts I'm listening, you know, you guys kind of get the formula at Humble Pie, right? You have to run all those yes, right tricks yes. and, and then it's the final final hit. And I think most of your listeners know that too already. Mm-hmm. That was the year like fucking Paul Barn, like Paul ran the goddamn all the all the qualifying rails in like two and a half hours. Huh. Oh, dude, it was wild. And he wasn't the only one. There was like four guys that ran it like under three hours. I mean, Cabaldo blasted like a bunch of guys blasted all the qualifying trails in like yeah. three hours. It was nuts. It was just like <laughs> you couldn't <laughs> spin a lug anywhere on that property.
0: You could have ran humble pie
2: on DOT's almost. Um, yeah. Yes. Yes, you could have. There were I think there were guys there on non-sticky swampers that year too that were just shooting everything. Yeah, it was awesome. But it was also the perfect storm to hit Gene Pool because Gene Pool had never been done. Mm-hmm. And the day Eric called me and I stopped there, one of the to-do items was to hit was to clear Gene Pool. And so the fortunate the Clifton version of that story is we did. So that was the first car ever to not winch Gene Pool in the five or six or seven year history of that obstacle. Wow. Uh, no i'm
3: not I'm not super familiar. I, I know of gene pool, but i don't here. I don't really remember the structure of it. what's What makes it
2: difficult? What makes it difficult is like anything in New England. First of all, it's the mud, yeah. right. So at the bottom, so you, you you drive through a giant fucking mud hole first, which just tacks everything up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what makes it, what, in my opinion over there, now that thing is evolving wildly by the, by the season, right? Mm-hmm. Gene pool. When I was at the last, when I was up there last fall, standing on it, doesn't even half look like it looked like two or three years ago when it, when Eric shot it in that car. Um, oh, is, is that the one you go into the the swampy section and then you're hitting something to the right? Um, no you, kind of, you pull into this you kind of pull into this you, it's it's on uh sucker punch so you pull into this you pull into okay. this you know, yeah you pull into a swap yeah that's all of course yeah that narrows it down for me thanks to training yeah <laughs> <laughs> um it, what makes it i think in my opinion what has made it so difficult over the years is it's a it's literally a vertical face that's I don't know. I've never done a tape measure. It's certainly fucking taller than me. It's, I don't know, 8 or 10 feet, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's effectively a vertical face um, that the Deep Woods guys, when they first cut that trail, they ended up winching some ginormous fucking rock off the top somewhere down into the bottom hole to even try to attempt the fucking obstacle because the first time they caught it, it was obvious everybody was going to winch because it, it was like this 10 or 12 foot fucking literally vertical wall. Yep. But what made it so difficult... Now, you can get the front tires over but but the problem is there's nothing for you to bite to afterwards. Mm. It's three feet deep of just that typical soft New England soil with some tree stumps and some other bullshit. Yep. So your front tires just have nothing, and so that's <laughs> that's what's made that thing so difficult over the years. Mm-hmm. But this was the year. It was it was bon- it hadn't rained in like six weeks. It was it was the when you walked across the field at Field of Forest, your feet were kicking dust on the grass not on the driveway. Wow. And so we get out there and it still took a bit of, cause, cause I'm a crawling guy. Like I, the whole purpose, the whole, like when we talked about it, like we want to build a car. One of the goals is to hit, is to be the first car of a gene pool. And so we, and actually, kind of funny because I was having the conversation. I was picking up one of those said tools from gene who the thing is named after <laughs> And I'm like, and he's like, hey, what are you up to these days? I'm like, well, we're I'm building this car for this guy, Eric, and blah, blah. blah. And I said, and and we're going over Gene Pool. He looked at me as like, yeah. I'm like, no, dude, we're going over Gene Pool. That's why we're going <laughs> dude, I would fucking love to see that. So so the so the shakedown run, we we got denied. But then you go home, and now for a month before Humble Pie, I mean, my I was off, i mean, when I say I lost sleep, I was losing sleep. I'm like, there's a fuck I, I can see the line in my head. There's a line there, I know the car will do it. But the problem is the car is the car did it and it's built in a certain way to do certain things. But it also makes the car kind of suck at times. It's mm. too long, it's too long and too wide. Right. So so again, like you learn, right? So so then I got a phone call um, and and you know, welcome to Katrina Land. Ninety nine minutes later, you're finally gonna get an answer to your question. How do you go from a CJ to building chassis? <laughs> <laughs>
1: calls. Are great don't worry yeah i get a
2: phone call and it's a gentleman and and he calls me and says hey i was out in the woods this weekend chasing this car around i kind of want one and he gave me your number so that's how the that's how i was like oh well thank god i just got done drawing this in cad because now i don't have to like panic about building another one mm. <laughs> so that but that conversation went very different i said look i said eric's had his car for this is the second season now and he and i have been talking quite a bit about the changes it needs right the car is not the car needs a lot of changes now it accomplished a certain set of goals it hit it cleared gene pool it won the it won the um shootout the hill shootout and he he came within five seconds of winning humble pie that year he only got only got beat out by Brendan brandon in his comp buggy and Brennan, if there's anybody you're going to lose to Brennan's the guy. I love him to death. Super awesome dude. I love Brennan because he's, he's like me, he's in his garage building his own shit. And then he throws it out and builds something better and newer. And because this is going to work better for me. And, and he won home Pie that year and he couldn't be a more deserving guy to win that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we only lost and Eric only lost by it was literally like five seconds. And so uh, while it deflates you, like you're like, Oh my God, we almost clean swept every event right but yep. it's also motivating yeah yeah you're like fuck all right what do we got to do and unfortunately for me i have a day job so this shit is not like this stuff doesn't happen in two months or three months or four. like it takes me a year and a half to build a car yeah and it's just the reality of it because it's the last 10 percent that takes 99 percent of the time because of all the shit we talked about like i got to worry about this and it's got to be that and oh look and and how many cars how many buggies are even just rigs that are or even just an XJ or see C- how many times you have, you guys walked by a rig and all of the finish is gone off the air shocks.
0: Multiple times oh. and more times than I can count because the tires are rubbing them.
2: Right. And that drives me fucking crazy. <laughs> like that just means that they didn't fully cycle the thing and realize they had a clearance problem. Yep. Right. And yet, at the same time, it's well. Fuck it. It's in the woods wheeling. And guess what? I'm still fucking sneaker here. I got you know two 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 foot drive. You know because my <laughs> because I'm over obsessing about things. But so the flip side is that that's the kind of stuff, right? So when you're putting the first piece of tube on a chassis table, you have to be all the way to is the, is that tire going to rub the shock? Mm-hmm. You have to be because it's like building a house right? You're, you're, you're not going to have the right bedroom layout if you fuck up the foundation. So the problem is you have to be 110 steps ahead of yourself when you're first laying the car out. So the good news is that the second one you get to like, Hey, I, I fucked some things up on the first one. Right. While it did gene pool and to, and to, um, uh, to Zach Capaldo's credit, he shot it about twenty minutes later. So that same year, right? Um, <laughs> completely different tactic, which was awesome because he just he just fucking you know he he just shot the fuck. He was like, yep, I'm gonna go for the I'm gonna go for the uh, you know Southeast Hill Killer mode," and and it went. It was cool. Um, but we crawled it right, and I and I take a lot of pride in the fact that we actually found the line and fucking crawled it. And, you know, it took us five minutes, but we got there. And then I lost, you know, if you search the internet, you'll see me losing my ever-loving fucking mind because I get so invested in this stuff that, you know, (laughs) a year and a half of the two years of that car being in my head, knowing that we, one of our goals was to shoot that obstacle and then see it happen, man. I was like, I couldn't talk for the rest of the weekend after that. I was screaming so loud. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's like when you work that
3: long for, you know, on a car that can do something like that, that no car is, really done and then you get that perfect weekend that makes it even more yeah. attainable like right it's just
2: yeah yeah, yeah yeah it was awesome. almost as good almost as good it's a short second behind two events that happened with Taylor so we built her uh, back to that story we built her a. Uh, you know that first samurai got disassembled a year and change goes by and she's like hey I kind of missed a samurai we found another cheap one and first rule fight club uh-huh. <laughs> it was. It was. We had a very clear goal. Like we're not just going to cut this thing up. We're, this thing's going to come in the garage. and No shield. Right. Right. <laughs> and so, and again, it's let's just cut it at the firewall, right? But very clear goal in like, mind. It still needs to kind of carry. You know, again, what I'm, what I used to be best at was. It still needs to look like a samurai. It still needs to carry. You know, we're gonna. You know, we got out the roller and rolled a rear fender tube instead of bending it. Mm. Nice radius rear, you know, wheel well, blah blah blah, right? But three link front because I wanted to keep a steering box in it, you know, three link front. We had, I think, I had about forty-five or fifty hours into the three link on the front of that car. Um, wow, to get the up travel, right? So the the track bar, literally, at full stuff on that car. Bob Swinski uh, owns it. Bob and owns own that car now. Yep, I've seen it. Yeah. So the three. If you ever, if you ever walk by it again, stick your face under because the track bar, full stuff, literally comes in all the way across the car, wraps around the oil pan of the motor, and goes through a notch on the passenger side frame. <laughs> wow. That's so sick. that we can get the thing to still have four or five inches of up travel, but not sit sky high, right?
0: Yep. Yep.
2: So so I get that other phone call. Do you want to build another one? And then and then the conversation really went. I do. I drew it in, good news for is I drew it in CAD. The bad news is I will not build the exact same car again because we learned a couple of very key elements when after we've run Eric's car for a little while. And Eric and I are talking about changes that his car needs that we're going to make. Um, number one is power. I don't care what anybody says on paper and all the years of Pirate, and uh, you know, yeah, just put 300 to fucking one crawl ratio in it and you'll be fine. Mm. It doesn't fucking matter. 42-inch Reds take 250 horsepower to spin. When you need some tire speed, and I don't care how much gearing you have. Yep, I believe it. Just doesn't fucking matter. You can have a bazillion to one gearing and upshift all you want. It will totally pull down a, a, a relatively stocked one six tracker motor instantly. <laughs> so you need you need at least two hundred fifty horse and. The other thing was to tighten things up, you know, shorten wheelbase, narrow it up a little bit, you know, that car's too wide, it's too long. So, so you know, mm-hmm. great opportunity and another really cool customer that's also willing to just go along for the ride and also understands that it takes a year and a half to, you know, this is not a six month project. Yep. Um, and so off we went. And so that that became the first. So that's there's your answer. That became the first what I would consider to be the production, you know, not that we're a production shop and not that this will everything any better be, you know. I'm never making a living on, off of Katrini fabrication, right? Just, it's just never happening, right? We don't have the market for New. I would have to pick up my whole life and move to Arizona or New Mexico to make a living at it.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. I so, honestly,
3: like, respect that more, that you have the day job, and you do that on the side. It's
2: just, there's something yeah. about that. that on the know, side, it, I know it's a podcast and you can't see me air quoting, but, you know, on the side for another 60 hours a week after. Oh, yeah, speech. yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally get it. But so, yeah, you get uh, it, right? Because, because you, and again, why? Because you can't, you just cannot, like... I don't feel right. Like I'm not going to charge this guy, you know, a hundred dollars an hour, and a fucking car would be five hundred thousand bucks. Like it's just not. You know. Yeah,
1: sounds so, like
2: money to me, boys. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a really amazing opportunity for to 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 get another swing at it, right? Mm. And then uh, in at the same time as Eric and I continued to talk because you know Eric really kind of pushed me over the ledge to get some of this stuff. Going, and then he was like. You know hey man and, and so we went back and forth back and forth and i finally was like you know what dude i i don't maybe we should just you know rather than trying to do a bunch of surgery maybe we just move your parts maybe i just sling some new tube together and we accomplish the goals we're trying to accomplish by you know just moving your good parts to we're not we don't have to start completely like i don't have to figure everything out but it might be, it's faster and more efficient and cheaper in the long run for me to just, you know, go back to the CAD drawing, clear the plate, make the changes and, and, and kind of come up with a new, a new goal, right? The goal of that first car was this, this, and that clear gene pool, do this, and try to, you know, smoke Humble Pie. We mm. almost did all three, right? Uh, came very, very close. But then everybody else to their credit and to Bob's credit for even coming up with the idea of Humble Pie, it is for, just like, King of the Hammers changed what go those guys build, right? Because a competition breeds, you know, competition. Yep. Humble Pie, if you look at the, what I call kind of the buggy crowd in, in, in the Northeast, that event has altered what all of us are building. Oh, you're, 100%. You're seeing people dedicate, like, the fact that people are gone back to the drawing board and said, I'm going to build, I need to build a new car because I want to go be competitive at Humble Pie. Lemon Drop. driver. ricky is such a fucking bad so ricky and i was so cool ricky and i were standing at the start line of homo pie when he was still in his jeep and we started just you know we're swapping stories right ricky and i uh you know gotten to know each other over the years um actually he bought my two by two plasma table when i bought my big table Mm -hmm. that's now in, in harry hendrick's hands but um so good fucking dude too I missed it. That awesome dude, yeah, that buggy of his is so cool. But that's a great example. Harry, they showed up. Harry Hannah showed up in the in the Cherokee. And like fuck, we need to build something else from five. Like
0: classic example, right? So, real quick, I want to just jump yeah. in. That yeah. was the rig for me. That rig did it. That one Cherokee that you're talking about right there oh, cool, was Harry. my yeah. introduction that's cool. to one ton rigs. Yeah. Richie and I watched him beat the brakes off of that yeah. thing at, yeah. uh, what was it, Crawl Daddy uh, for the shit show off-road. Uh, they had their Crawl Daddy race at the end of the Roush Creek trip, and that oh, yes. got on it there. Yeah,
2: Nothing like a four-liter ping on the rev limiter. It's got a unique wop, wop, wop.
0: Dude,
2: you so- know, I just
0: I can't every time you say one ton Cherokee, that rig floats through my mind and it's doesn't he still have it?
2: Yeah, he does. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So Harry actually Harry, um when his new car was on the chassis table, it was actually at their old house. Um Harry pinged me one day. He's like, Hey, could I run some could I can I run some numbers by you kind of thing? And so I actually went down uh, I went down and Harry and I spent a couple nights in his shop laying out his, his links and stuff. And I, that was that moment of, um, you know, it's like anything. And again, the second car is always better than the first. And Harry's such an awesome fucking dude and super smart. Super smart. I love his ideas. I love the shit he, you know, that car to me is, I love that car. I, you know, I, that He's
0: off the out. wall. He had that, uh, what was it, the OM617NA Comanche that he was dailying for a while too. That yeah. was off the wall.
2: Yeah. Yep. So, uh, but that was that moment I, wa- I I went into a shop and, and, you know, I had my laptop with me and all my stupid fucking formulas and, and we sat down and we just started walking through the car and, and I kind of threw it all in all my CAD drawings and my formulas. And I kind of looked at him and I'm like, you're not going to want to hear this. And he's like, what? I'm like, you got him like, boy, those motor mounts are beautiful, but you got to cut those out and move the motor. <laughs> and he just kind of looked at me like, I'm like, I know, but yeah, I know, dude. And believe me. That look on your face right now—I have had 64 times in the past 35 years. I get it. <laughs> but he did. He did. He was a trooper. He did, and and he he killed it with that thing. He 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 built an awesome car. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so then we got a chance to build this this current one that we're still finishing. Um, but that was that thrash too. So so that car we're doing now was okay. How do we how do we fix how do we fix a few things how do we fix what i want to fix about eric's original car that if i offered it to somebody else this is the things i would change so I mean, wheelbase track width, you know a couple things power right but the portals present all kinds of problems mm-hmm. you know you end up with an axle that's a 10 to one for round numbers right yes yeah. you, know, so you got this pro you got wheel speed problems right so conventional and, drive lines with with three speed autos that don't have overdrives become a problem and yeah, so so one of the things I had in my head was like, I need power and I need a lot of gears. And I was for work for my day job. Uh, they flew me to uh, Chicago. In, uh, actually, it was Wisconsin, but I had to go out there for work. I was out there for like a week. They were willing to pay for a rental car. So I I rented the car, which is, you know, whatever the $30 a day enterprise rental car is. And then I go up to the counter and like, please don't have me on record as the five different cars I just gave back after KOH because they won't give me this car right now. And so, no, no, you're fine, cool. And I'm like, hey, I noticed you guys have Mustangs. Yeah, well, I'll take one of those. Like, I, I'll, I'll go out of pocket and up it because I'd rather not drive a Century around for a week, right? Yep. So I rent this <clears throat> convertible Mustang. Well, you know, Enterprise rental car rented a convertible Mustang. It's a two, three, Yaka Boost four cylinder. <laughs> and if you fiddle enough to get past all the nanny bullshit. A 2-3 Echo Boost four cylinder will lay down about a hundred feet of posse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're like, that was really fun because first gear, I'm like, this thing's great. So then I so now I'm in my hotel. This would have been like 2015 or 16 or something like that. Now I'm in my hotel room googling all this shit. Come to find out it's got a six R8 in it. It's got it's got like a, you know, normal autos have a two, two, six, two, seven first gear. It's got a 441 first gear in it. Ooh, and a double overdrive. (laughs) There's our our solution: two, three F boost, six R eighty, Atlas, nine inch housings, portal boxes, forty two Reds. Done. Send it. (laughs) And and like anything, what you think is going to take nine months takes a year and a half. And 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 we yeah. Yeah, so it's like a month before Humble Pie this past fall, and 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 he calls me up. He's like, "What do you think?" And I'm like, "Look, I'll I'll try, but it will be a three quarter done car, you know." So, but let's see, you never know. And so, about two weeks out from Humble Pie, we you know we had a you know kind of he's like, "Look, man," he goes, "I I we had a lot of time and money invested in this thing." So as you can imagine, a two three boost, you know, a junkyard pull-out's fifty five hundred bucks. Yeah, Ooh. you know, it's this is these are not five hundred dollar motors anymore. And then you need to buy the, you need to figure out how to make it run. But, well, thank God for us, Ford Motorsports makes, oh, I don't know why, Ford Performance makes a standalone for that motor.
4: Fuck <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> they make a swap. they literally make a swap kit to swap them into like classic cars. So that's really funny. Cool. But, you know, it's also a couple grand just for the swap kit, right? So, you know, yeah. anyway, the point is there's a lot of time, you know, this is the first supposed kind of production car, it's serial number one there's a lot of time and I want things right. And I get very anal about, you know, I'll, I'll throw out six four plans because I don't like the way they fit. Right. It's just, is what it is. Mm-hmm. And so, and now making this whole thing work, is uncharted territory. There's not a whole lot. There's a few guys right now. Like I have a couple of guys that I'm connected with on the West coast now that are running this two, three, but no one's running the six or 80 behind it because that's a whole nother animal. You got to build your own, you know, there's a whole nother mess with that, with programming and everything. Um, so anyway, long, short of it, the beauty of this guy is like, no, I, I I want it I want it right, and I want what we have envisioned in our head, and I, I don't want it quick because I want it right. Mm-hmm. So let's not rush it for humble pie. Let's just, you know, let's target bringing it to Koh just to rec wheel it. I love it, cool. So that was the target for this past year. So that turned into you know around Christmas that wow, we really have to pick up the pace on this car. And then, of course, it turned into what it turned into. And I think there were days leading up to this year's trip to the Hammers where the wife actually came out and was like, hey, you need to go to bed. I'm like, no, I'm not feeling that bad. She goes, no, 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 you need to go to bed. I'm like, why? She goes, you you haven't slept. I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I, and I have, for some reason, I'm wired that way. I can go 40, 50 hours. like I can go like 38, 40 hours. I can not sleep overnight and work in the shop. For two days straight. Um, I've had to do it at the hammers. We rebuilt Eric's entire Razor one night, overnight before the race because wow. everything blew up. So we had to gut the thing to a bear chassis. So, but so we, we, uh, so I, but she's like, no, you need, I'm like, why? She goes, it hasn't been overnight, Michael. It's been two. What? She goes, You've been up for 60 hours. Wow. Yeah. You know what? I probably should go to bed. <laughs> And and then the next morning I got up and it's that, and I have a bad habit of this, of not asking for help. So the next morning I got up, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I, I need help. And so I literally, I put a single three sentence thing on Facebook. Hey, any of my off-road buddies that can, even if you can bolt a wheel on, like I'm 10 days away from having to load this car in the trailer, I could use help. And you want to talk about, a community i mean it almost brings me to tears talking about i mean the guys that showed up no questions asked that's so cool but i mean i mean and not like for a few hours some of these guys showed up for days wow days like night after night putting in four or five six eight hours and then going home getting sleep going to work and coming back i mean um, I don't want to start listing the names because I'll forget somebody. I don't want to offend anybody. I did a big thank you thread on my Facebook page, but just unbelievable effort, and it it felt really cool to me because it felt like the old Vermont shop again, <laughs> and I hadn't had that in a couple of years, you know. And, and Taylor, don't get me wrong, Taylor and I built that samurai. Single best memories in, in my entire life are building that car with her.
1: Yeah, I can hey. agree. That'd be like proud dad moment type shit. Oh, dad moment, dude. I cried like a.
2: Fucking three-year-old when she crossed up, she finished. She didn't win. We knew we couldn't win. She ran humble pie and then ran the bounty in forty-four minutes and finished. That's so sick. That's so cool. Wow. Yeah, I mean that is the single great like. Like I said, shooting Gene Pool with the car I built. You know, having Eric shoot Gene Pool in the car I built is right up there. Watching Taylor run and finish humble pie. You know, right after after we both failed a couple of years in a row in that samurai, like I failed miserably and then something else happened the following year and she didn't fail. Anyway, um, yeah, super huge moments. There's a, there's an obstacle called the half pipe out up at the jungle. The the Noyes family, very gracious to allow us all the wheel up there all the time. You know, only a handful of people have shot that obstacle. Again, there was a year where it was super dry, a bunch of people, there, but her name's on that list up at that plaque. You know, so just these handful of moments that, I don't even care if I drive anymore. I just, I'll stand in front of her all day long, Mm. you know? So it's just so cool. But so, so we, we just thrash, thrash, thrash. We get this thing loaded and uh, you know, I could go on for two hours about that story, but you know, that was really cool to bring that car to the hammers because that car really is, that is now our baseline for, you know, we call it the Swiss army knife. It's, it's not the technical crawl. Like Eric's car, first car, even though it should have been the technical crawl, it's not, it's way too big. Mm -hmm too long it's too wide it's too roomy but it's a super comfortable car like you can go mob that thing down is it like this new car we just built which is based on that first prototype if you will that eric's that eric's currently wheeling um you can go we did and we did we went and rock crawled it and then we went mob the desert at 50 miles an hour that's sexy that's like i feel like
1: that's every new england guy's dream car honestly
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bigger, like it's never gonna win humble, like I shouldn't say never. De- uh, the guy that owns it can fucking drive, it and he has a clear shot, like, but is it a dedicated humble pie winner? Probably not. Does it have a shot at it on the right day? Sure. And and the guy that owns it can fucking drive, right? So sure. he's a competitor, don't get me wrong. He'll be in the mix, but it's not that your shoulders are touching i barely have any leg room there's no trunk like you know dedicated you're never going you know you're never going more than 10 miles from your trailer with this car kind of car yeah mm-hmm. right. but it is a very the guy that owns it is six two three i'm six foot plus you know i can stretch out full like i had to actually move the gas pedal back a couple inches for me out at at the lake Bay, out in johnson valley this year like I'm, yeah it's you six footer guys have have a lot of issues with that see w- yeah.
3: the sub six feet guys we can get away with a lot more yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's <still> like- <laughs> the
2: thing is too it's like even rec wheeling now like more and more of us are wearing if not a full-blown helmet at least one of those you know bmx style helmets BMX style or skater yeah. like, you sit in a car and you put one of those helmets on you better have three four inches above that helmet Yep. Mm-hmm. Dude, I can't tell you how many cars I've gotten him. Like, dude, I'm not. Let me out. I'm not even staying in this thing. Yeah, like, sounds like a broken neck. Really, Fuck yeah. I'm already. rubbing. Honestly,
3: my biggest issue with my rig right now is I I I have headroom without a helmet, but if you put a helmet on, I don't trust it. Like, I, I I'm right. debating cutting the entire floor pan out. Yes. Uh, and, and the entire the, it, my my limit is the drivetrain. It's too like the yeah, 205 yeah. EcoBox, all that shit, in the Cherokee is, sits too high. For yeah. the factory roof line. So my only option is to lower the whole drivetrain, which is like that's an entire rebuild. So I yeah,
2: don't know. but so then that's the debate, right? So I always say, Well, why lower the drivetrain? If if the drivetrain is almost sitting on the belly pan, then mm. why lower the drivetrain? That's where all the weight is just fucking raise the roof a little bit. There's no weight up there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So so again, that's our big car, right? So that's now what we officially kind of call our cruiser chassis. That's our Swiss Army knife. The guy that wants to take it all over the country, maybe mob the desert at 40 or 50 miles an hour in it. I'm not afraid of anybody crashing that car at 75 miles an hour. They will hmm. walk up, no and probably not even hurt the car. Um, <laughs> but, you know, again, we still have this conversation about, well, like Taylor, you know, we've sold the Samurai to to the Swinskies. Like, you know, awesome. I love that it's there. The only reason she was even willing to part with it, it was because it was going to live at Field Forest. Yeah. Because that's her second home, my daughter. You know, that's her. That's her second home. Her. So now, mm. yeah, so now we want to build a new car. Eric's car needs some work. So, so Eric pushed. You know, and again, to his, to his credit, he you know he pushes me a little bit. So we, in a good way. right? I'm not saying that. In, so we kind of sat down and we talked it through. And he came down and we did a bunch of like, "Hey, I'm just going to sit you on a chassis table in a in a seat with nothing else, and we're just going to hold tubes around your head until you're uncomfortable." Right? <laughs> so, <I don't> <laughs> but it's really hard. Like again. Because I'm that guy like I refuse to have somebody burning their feet on a, on a, on a manifold. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's always that delicate balancing act of is it, it's just a little too small. So, so that was the, that's the chassis that we advertising gave away at, at, um, that's cinnamon's like the same chassis, Right. So, so we actually have, so I drew, so we did that work last winter. um, you know it's going to take forever to build you know like anything right because i'm still finishing that that car that we just got back from the hammers it still needs to be finished um there's still finish work so to speak right it's like it didn't have the we got it we we made a short list of things that weren't important to bring into the hammers like the actual finished aluminum dashboard okay fuck it let's just yeah. throw some tabs up and put the am dash in for now just to be able to use the thing i'll build a i'll build the actual correct dashboard when i get home right so we're still finishing that up, but then we're going to very switch quickly uh, switch gears to these other cars. The, the, these what we call our crawl light, which is really that dedicated shoulder to shoulder. Like the seats are almost shoulder to shoulder, right? But they're still
0: the car. Chris is getting kind of
2: yes. Yeah, so it's the sh- it's the one we gave away. So that's the chassis Shinneman's getting. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. But to your point about the drivetrain, it all starts there, right? So what it really comes down to, and this is just from From a lot of feedback from friends and customer, or I call them friends and photos and sharing, you know, the guy that, you know, that that we're just finishing up his car now and, and Eric and then other people that we've helped with projects. And, you know, and then you take, you know, I have probably a thousand photos in a photo album from, from, you know, 12, 13, 14 years ago in the King of the Hammers and all the buggies out there. And, but at the end of the day, it's just, it's pretty simple math if you want to lower your roof line and tighten up a car, you're either sitting behind or in front of the transfer case. Cause as soon as you have to sit on top of the transfer case, it's going to simply dictate. That's just, it's just fucking math people. Yep. There's only so short you can make a car before your head smashes into the roof. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this new one, we really, that's kind of like, I have to kind of put away my, um, I had to put away You know, what ultimately is a dozen years of helping and building and and working on cars that are really built bigger and more durable to go run around in the desert. And say, hey, it's time to build a dedicated rock crawler for New England. I don't have to worry about it cartwheeling at 85 miles an hour. Yeah. And I also still want to save so it's this weird internal tug of war right so we so we go through this gyration and it's that immediate like okay the only way we're going to make this tighten up this car is to is to move it's it's the drivetrain like you just pointed out right you can only go so low because otherwise you're sitting on your mp205 yep so so, (laughs) right so so (laughs) the new car is designed around sticking a two-speed transfer case whether that be like a Dana 300 or an atlas or something but the the seat mounts rock behind the case and the drive shaft the rear output is going to hide be almost like between the two seat mounts with a scatter shield that's kind of cool and that's what let us chop literally like six inches out of the total height of the chassis huh and, but that was the only either that or you, or you have to sit in front of the transfer case. But then that's yeah. really like, what do you do? That, like, which really honestly means building a rear engine car, right? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, but we want front engine. Like, I'm a big, you know, look, like I'll build anything for anybody. And, 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 you know, again, one every year and a half, two years, like, I, we're not a production shop. We can't take 10 orders a month or what, you know, I'm not wide open design that can knock cars out. Like, I don't have 20 guys working for it, right? Mm. So, However, thank God again that asking for help to get to the hammers this year also made me realize I need help all the time, and you know I cannot, uh, I don't can't express how thankful I am that Josh Greenleaf has been willing to jump in the mix and come down a couple nights a week on kind of a permanent basis. So. That's awesome. you know, after- that's really allowed us, you know. Josh is an amazing fabricator. He's really skilled at what he does, yep. and uh, he's really allowed. It's allowed us to me. I say us now because it's Josh and Taylor, you know. Uh, but it really has allowed me to 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 kind of de stress a little. I mean, it's just it's just like. You know, you get one person asking you for one thing. It's like, yeah, cool. I'd love to help you with that. And then it adds to your list, but like, holy fuck, dude, I'm like months from finishing Dave's car. I can't even think about touching your thing. And I I feel bad. (laughs) So, but now it's allowed us to really knock things out. We have another customer car that's on the chassis table. Now that's based on what we call again, the big car. Um, So we'll be able to knock that out. Fortunately there, he's just getting a roller and then that'll go back to them and they'll do all the hard stuff. They'll do all the plumbing and wiring and all, you know, um, so that that we're kind of evolving more towards that now. I really probably am gonna get it more away from trying to build turnkey cars for anybody and really stick to trying to build rollers. Yep. yep. So like Trix's car is awesome because you know Mark Brancieri is gonna is gonna help him finish that car. So we can kind of get it get into a roller so that I'm comfortable that his tires aren't like we talked about his tires aren't gonna take the finish off his shocks. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and so he's right. Um, so it leaves here, at least knowing that the core functionality and the physics of it all are going to be okay. And then they, then, then they'll do all the, you know, that last 10%, which takes 90% of the work.
1: And that makes yeah. sense. It's so that the next time that he's getting chased down trailer, one of your chassis is getting chased down trail. They want to ask him where he got it. So you get a phone call. I mean, yeah. that makes total sense to me. And then it also allows him to personalize it where your ideas of the X, Y, and Z may not be the same as him. So it kind of, we're like, yeah, obviously he can bounce ideas off of you as he's building it, but that's that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense to me, at least. And that's right. the process
2: that we already, like, that's how it happened. Like, okay, what do you, you know, you guys tell me, what do you want to put in it for a motor and a training team? What do you want to put for, like, so they, between him and Mark, they're kind of putting their knowledge together. And Mark's a wicked smart, like Mark's like me, he's got that, you know, ADD rabbit hole thing where he chases it, right? Mm-hmm. Love him to death because of that, and and so, but he so they're putting all that stuff together, and then when they're ready, they'll come down and be like, all right, and then I'll spend a weekend, then and we'll hang it all in the chassis, cycle it all, make sure it's gonna, nothing's gonna rub and whack, and you're cool, and then they'll load it on their trailer and bring it back, like you said, and then they'll personalize it and and, and run with it. So,
0: so sure. Oh, sorry, God, no. I'm going to ask a really in depth technical question. All right, let me throw mine in then.
1: (laughs) I'm sure, I'm sure, or not Luke Graham is starting to realize that now where he has slowly transitioned from just working on his stuff, granted, he's a little bit out of it now, but then working on others, like finding that happy point of where like they want it, but you're also suggesting XYZ, I'm sure that's not an easy balance. So for you, like just being like, all right, the core stuff is done you really can't fuck it up from here and here you
2: go it's pretty cool yeah i think i think to answer that kind of avenue i think what it is, is is what i have learned to do and it probably partly because of my my day job is what i've what i've tried to do now is you know i'm always i'm always encouraging you know you know chris or eric or you know even the, the current guy that we're finishing this car for or the guy that's got the car on the chassis table right you know Don't throw it all at me, throw pictures at me, throw ideas. And then I'll, and then we can have that conversation and I can either say, yeah, no problem. I I will move this or put that in or do whatever to accommodate that idea. Or, Hey, if we do that, here's the consequences. Yep, Mm -hmm. Know them up front. Like you're going to suffer over here. I will do it, but you're going to suffer if we do. Yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm never going to tell somebody to go screw yourself. I'm not doing that, but I always want to edge. And that's where, <laughs> again, as you can tell, cause cause getting me to shut up for the past two and a half hours has been the trick, but <laughs> that's why I, that I try to spend the, Hey, let me, let's just talk about that for 10 minutes. Let me, let me go down the rabbit hole with you to educate you as the owner. Right. Mm-hmm. It does two things for both of us. It gives them the understanding of why I'm not, you know, I'm not saying no, but I'm trying to like, at least push back a little, say that's cool. But think about this. Right also after they've owned the car for six months hey it's doing this what do you think and i'll be like well that's yeah this is why right so do you want to make the change back to the first thing we talked about or hey don't forget i gave you two extra sets of holes on your on your link tabs take your upper links and do this to them and then go try it again
0: makes sense um so I suppose it's now two questions because my brain works like that. Um, first of all, on the competition car, are you guys leaning the seats back? Because yes. that just came to my mind. Uh, yeah. I had to do that with the conversation about helmet room. Um, I'm like six-ish feet, you know, yeah. five eleven and a half, you know, almost yeah. six. Um, and in a Cherokee, I just there's no room at all for a helmet, and the only way I was able to get away with yeah. Getting any kind of clearance for that was to angle the rake, seat back.
2: Yeah. Rake the seat. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hundred percent what we did, right? So those seats in the big car, you know, in our cruiser car, the owner has all kinds of options of how much rake they want or where they want it positioned or whatever. And you know, and we do that. We also do it where we build it with yep. a um so we always we we have a pretty generic as far as front rear right the seat position is pretty fixed but they can rake it however they want to make them comfortable and for their seating position right because the seating mounts from the chassis to the seat are kind of modular so we can build any heights they want to to introduce that rake Mm -hmm. and then even give them different sets like hey you can here's a here's a here's a two inch rake and a three inch rake set so you have them you know whatever um and then what we do is we make the other stuff move so that like the current guy that we're just finishing up for he's got kids that are in the early teens he's six two and change the kids are like five five so the the gas pedal is on it is on a adjustable mount right so we can slide that thing almost nine inches forward forward and back and then the brake pedal assembly we build in house we don't use the willwood swing pedal we build our own we still use the willwood masters but then the whole brake arm is also has a bunch of adjustment in it so we move the pedals back to the person instead of worrying about moving the seat and that way you're not going through the whole holy shit we gotta now you gotta loosen all the harnesses you gotta do there's like all kinds of issues that get introduced when you try to move seats instead of moving other stuff
0: yeah yeah i thought i was gonna be super cool by putting sliders in my seats yeah, so that other people could you know move them yeah they've been used twice
2: yeah it probably makes your seat rattle around yeah, they they have to everything to get them to move. Yeah, yep. yep. Um, so so now, yeah, the little car. Yes, the seats rake considerably more, and there's not a whole lot of like you're not getting too many. Odds. That's why when Chris, um, so when he won that raffle, um, we talked that night, and I said, "Hey, look, just I just want to throw this out there. It's whatever uh, was it NMA that we went for? Warriors happens every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, look, it's it's NMA." It's mid-season. We're in the middle of this giant build on this other full turnkey car. You know, this is going to be the winter. He's like, that's cool with me, too, because I don't want to, like, take any of my current car apart. I want to wheel the rest of the season. So that's kind of the deal. Like, we're going to give another one away this year at Wheel of Warriors. Oh, Um, shit. That's cool. Yeah. So, but it'll be the same deal. Like, whoever wins it be like, okay, sometime in the fall, come down. And what I did with Chris is I said, come down. I want you to sit in both cars. Right. I want to make sure you're okay with sitting raked and having X amount of less shoulder room and X amount of less, you know, so but he was yep. he was all about it. He's that's exactly what he wants because that's what he wants in a, a small New England tech crawler, right? He doesn't, yep. he, he doesn't have any delusions of bombing around the desert. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so can we move on to the question that's gonna make everyone else in the chat's head explode? Oh <laughs> boy. Here we go. Buckle up. Yep. yep. So you're large into suspension numbers. For um, a general trail rig, what are you shooting for? Um.
2: So um, that's an interesting conversation. So well, I'm going to start at the beginning, which is the pirate four by four link Four link calculator. Right. I sent you a picture of that. I'm looking at it right now. So. So. It's a tool like anything else, right? It is. However, so I'm going to say a few things about it. It's a very helpful tool. As a matter of fact, it's very similar to the thing that I had built because I'm a stupid, you know, program software guy um, before I stumbled into it. And then I, I got my hands on it. And then I, you know, looked at it and I even made some adjustments to the calculations and the formulas I had built. But the reality is that um, it's a tool, not a gospel. It's also a tool like anything, and I'm a, I'm a data guy, right? So the first 10 years of my IT career, I was a database administrator that wrote code and did data analysis and this and that and the other thing. At the end of the day, statistical analysis, which is kind of what this is, really comes down to having the right inputs. So it's the old garbage in, garbage out adage in IT development. Yeah. Um, 90%, and I say this Grain of salt, tug in cheek. Hold on, let me get another sip of my Tellmore Dew here. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is a Tellmore Dew?
0: I know this is going to be a tangent, but what is that? <laughs> iris whiskey. Okay,
2: mm-hmm, I've never I heard was of it.
0: Expecting that to be a tangent.
2: Yeah, that's glass number two during this two-hour conversation. But yeah, so <laughs> uh, the at the end of the day, right? If you don't, and this is this is a a bit of a thing that we we have a customers that that come in for this at our shop, you know, we have, we have, you know, really expensive corner scales I and mean, we have all this, you know, being a, sh- you can't be a shop junkie and not have corner scales. Right, that's step one, um, for sprung and unsprung weights. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if you don't know for sure where your center of gravity is, throw that fucking calculator in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so the old I'm, top, I'm old, joking. Oh, I mean- like I, I say that, but, and I say that because that is the foundational basis of that pirate four link calculator.
3: Yes, yeah, I always one. I always wondered that. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because you know I've used it before and like I mean I've used it to sort of judge the things I've built and every time I'm get I'm out there with a tape measure I'm like well how do I know any of this has even got a good reference to start from? So right.
2: now what it is good at doing. It is good at being a tool to tell you what will happen when you make changes. Mm. So, if you, so that's how people should be using, right? If you're going to start from scratch, say, hey, I'm going to build my own tube chassis and build a car from scratch. If you don't know the exact center of gravity point of the car, both laterally, longitudinally, height, you no, know, in all three axes, that four bar calculator is fucking junk. And I, and I'll say this because do, and do this, do this yourself someday. Take your, your current rig, put all your fucking numbers in, right? Yep. Go move the CG four or five inches on the spreadsheet and see what happens to all your numbers.
1: Oh boy. <laughs> I'm sure they get all fucked up.
2: Oh, they don't get fucked up. They just move. Right. And I always say there is no bad set of numbers. There isn't. And this is the thing I get into with a lot of people kicking the campfire especially if i go to Field the forest and i don't have a wheeling rig and i happen to start my afternoon with bob then by the time the campfire is <laughs> i'm pretty fucking liquored up
1: <laughs> um and then you're just preaching at this point
2: Oh, you know, i whatever And you know again everybody that knows me knows i'm a very passionate guy i will help anybody without thinking twice um and get me to shut up the trick right so the <laughs> the but that's the point, right? But it is a very good tool because what will happen is you can throw your numbers in, you can ballpark a CG. And then what you can do is you can go drive your car. And you can go, hey, I like it here. I like it here. I don't like what it does when I'm in this situation. So then you can go back and if you if you really dive in and go down the rabbit hole like it sounds like a couple of you guys do, you're like, all right, well, I understand anti-squat and I understand roll axis and I understand this and I understand that. But what happens if I move my upper links up two or three inches? How does that change those numbers? Because if you if you do the homework enough to understand the spreadsheet, you should be able to correlate in your brain how it's going to make your car behave differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at least a reference to say which direction are you heading in, right? Yep. So
0: part of the reason that I was asking about that is just idle curiosity, but I'm also trying to learn a little bit. Um, For example, on my rig, I realized that I have a problem in the rear with roll axis. Yes. And it's not a major problem, but it does cause the rig, when you start getting it really far over, after the four link went in, the body gets tippy. Yes. and it feels really good at speed especially through like whoops or any of the obstacles and going fast it's not a problem it right. only becomes a problem when it's extreme weight transfer at low
2: speed yeah i can explain why if you want me to absolutely yeah okay so so you're right when you start talking about the roll axis right so if you think about what's going on back there um or in front right either end um yep. it, again this is why i always say there are no bad numbers there's just numbers that tell you how the car in theory would behave and then you can go change things on paper before you go getting out your plasma cutter and your grinding wheels and your welder and right and fucking your collar up at least you know it's going to head in the direction you want it to head in um we, I don't use this four link. I think I kind of, you know, you guys know that by now. I don't really use. It. I have, you know, I have played with it and stuff like that. And I have, there was a couple little pieces of my formula eight or ten years ago that I took a look at the formulas and this one went, oh shit, I maybe maybe I should fine tune mine over here in this aspect. But the reality is that the so what you're describing, right? What your car does tells me that that car is going to be really fun mobbing around as a spectator at King of the Hammers. Because the roll axis stuff, what what what's happening is, it's always a compromise. There is no perfect anything, right? So if I, so the same thing applies to shock tuning, and I have more fucking valve shims and springs and oil. Like I, you know, I have thirty something between the cross days and then getting into all this off road shit and doing coilovers. Hell, we even do ORIs. I've rebuilt. 15, 20 cents of ORIs in the past two years, because the guys that own ORI bought um, way back an hour and a half ago in the podcast, I talked about all the (laughs) chaos days and how I I was uh, pitting with Andrew McLaughlin for a couple of years. I'm now also pitting for him again these days, right? I'm uh, splitting my time between the Millers and Andrews. Um, He had an IFS race car that the guys at ORI purchased. That was, I used to work on that car. The guys at ORI bought it. I got to know those guys. They put double ORIs in all four corners. And then we struck up a bunch of conversations. And I said, hey, you guys only have two certified ORI centers in the whole country. One's in the the Georgia location. One's at you guys, you know, in, uh, in Vegas. I said, there's nobody in the North. You know, can you guys set me up? So they did. They shipped me all of the special tooling for ORIs, right? So, wow. I, so I have every fucking special tool they make sitting now here so that we can help the Northeast crowd with ORIs and that's a whole nother rabbit hole. But
1: So you and Timmy must just chat it out every single time about
2: ORIs, you see yeah. each other, huh? Exactly. <laughs>
1: so <laughs> they
2: have their place, not all the time, but anyway, that's another rabbit hole. So what I'm going <laughs> with this is, it's always a compromise, right? If you, if you want to have your car not get so tippy, that's cool. You're going to give up some of that speed compliance, right? There's no, you got to give something up to gain something. It's yeah. the same thing in shock tuning. If I'm going to, now I say that with a little bit of a buyer beware for all you guys listening and you guys here with me today, that's about from the, in the shock world, it's all about to change because with the Fox live out stuff, this all, all everything i about to say goes right out the fucking window. Mm. Um, but, in normal circumstances, with us morals, right? <laughs> if i'm gonna if I'm gonna stiffen up your compression stack, guess what? I stiffened up your compression stack, right? And if I'm gonna turn some tubes, some knobs on your five five two bypasses, I just completely changed your you know tube three, you know, got stiffer. So anytime the shot's in that range, it's gonna be stiffer, right? So it's always you're giving up something to gain something. I have found, personally, I have found over the years, and this is where I build my cars. And and most of, if you talk to anybody that I've helped in the past five or six or seven years, or you talk to Eric or even, you know, some of the new guys and stuff like that, uh, for the most part, I have started airing on the side my experience in Northeast or East Coast use, right? Even if it's mobbing around Grouse Creek at 20 or 30 or 40 miles an hour.
0: I mm-hmm. have paid Absolutely. i have
2: shifted more to our i've sort of thrown away the anti-squat concern and i've really sacrificed that or given that less weight and really started not only with the roll axis but it's really the roll axis through the whole car front to rear mm. you really start needing to pay attention to the whole not just hey my rear four-link does this, move these two bars, okay, got, but it's it's the entire balance of the whole car. And I say that because we have enough situations in the Northeast or the East Coast in general, whether it be a Roush or somewhere in New England or a Field of Forest, whatever it is, where we're all fucking twisted up all the time. So, does your anti-squat matter two fucking beans if you're laying on the passenger door? <laughs> no. No. So can I get an extra two feet of forward motion or another two or three inches of down travel out of that corner of the car before it flops fucking over? Because I have, I have, I have added, you know, some dimensionality to that roll. If I've raised the roll center on that end of the car. Yes. So, so, you know, I've kind of, I've, I've shifted my weight. Now, again, if somebody that I'm working with says, I hate that, I'd rather have the really soft roll axis and a, and a bunch of anti Fine. Then we'll, we'll set your car up there, but it, just know before you take it out, it was that's what it's going to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, so I can't, so the answer to your original question is what are your goals? There aren't any every, I, I have a conversation with the owner. What do you want the car to do?
1: Everything all at once simultaneously.
2: Yeah. What do you prefer? You, would you rather be able to side hill this fucking thing and have the chassis sitting at 55 degrees feeling like you're going to fall off the fucking moon and actually not have the car fall over? Cool. We can lean towards that.
1: I want to do Elm That's Street that. at 60.
2: <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'll just... Look, the guys at K-Wage... <laughs> the guys at have a helicopter recovery service now. I'm sure we can talk them into coming to help you. <laughs> Um, so yeah so that's the gist right it's really there is no there's no right answer that's why i used to love i used to love the pirate fucking arguments right yeah back in the day like oh, what are your number everybody was so goddamn glued to that fucking spreadsheet (laughs) oh that car will never work it's got 119 percent anti-squat you're fucked You're right, you fucked. meanwhile, the thing crawled over everything, like it's you know, it's just there's so much more to it, and again, it's a good tool if you want to say, Hey, here's my car today, I'm guessing the center of gravity is about here. Um, because really, if you actually dive into the bazillion lines of code that make up the formulas that tell you what your anti squad are, your Rolexes, and all that stuff, it's all based on that goddamn center of gravity number, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, but again, it's a good tool to say, Here's my current geometry calculator i don't like the fact that it falls over all the time when it side hills so let me go take my rear axle upper lengths and spread them apart another six inches and raise them two or three inches and see what it does in the in the in the actual numbers because that'll tell me yes i'm moving in the, a little more in the right direction
1: okay that's not all right. a- that makes so much sense now because I was trying to figure out where this whole thing was coming to, but that makes a lot of fucking sense because then you can just give yourself a reference point. And if you start going in the opposite direction, then you're like, hold on, bring it in now and drop it down a few more inches and that'll put it back to where yeah. you, think you would want it. That's yeah. actually a fucking good
2: point. man. It's always my advice to people or whenever this topic comes up, I always tell them that's how you use that tool right now. We can help you actually get to better numbers, but it requires a whole bunch of fucking gymnastics with your rig. Yeah. Well it does because you have to corner scale, right? So you have to corner scale it. Then you have to be able to have the facility to then pick one end of the car at 45 degrees. So and corner scale again. Mm -hmm. And then do the same in reverse and corner scale it again, right? And then you take all of those weights and and slam them into the formula, and that'll tell you where your center of gravity is.
0: So I'm working on wrapping my head around all of this, right? Like I know the car was good before, or the Cherokee I shouldn't even call it a car.
2: Uh, everybody uh, that knows me to tell you everything, car. Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> right. I know that the front end performance was where I wanted it to be before I did the four link. Um, and then when I did the four link, it is phenomenal. Like, the performance change was the largest thing I think I've ever done to any off-road rig, ever.
2: So going from Leaf Springs to a four-link in the back?
0: That specific four-link, because I had a ZJ with a Clayton four-link in the rear before. Mm-hmm. Um, I sat down with Timmy, and we ran all of the numbers, and yeah. the thing's phenomenal. It um, My rig does this really cool thing where if you get the nose up, it will partially unload. But when you go to put throttle on it, I'm going to blame it on the anti-squat numbers because I don't have a better thing to say about it. Yes. Uh, The front end pulls down
2: when you hammer on it. Yeah, right. Because you're... Right, because you're torsional. Right, so think about... so, So just think about... Forget the calculator for a second. Let's just talk the physics that are happening about what you just said, right? So you've got a rear axle housing that rear axle housing its only way it can move energy into- good that was
0: before i did the forelink the link has only oh. been an improvement on that yes. uh, the rear end stays level yes if you will or it will slightly pick up but in order to get the nose to pick up or to get the vehicle to pick up when i am hammering on it I have to be sitting at a very steep angle to get that. Gotcha. Um, Where I'm finding my issues is in the balance of my desire to go fast versus the uh, stability, if you will. And then the other thing that I'm wondering is where the spring rates come in, because I'm running 140 over 225s, and I love their performance going fast. Yep so
2: so uh, yeah so at the end of the day the four link. so this is back to the whole how does your you know your rig act today if you think about the four link kind of where i was going with that is is you got the the rear axle is hanging on the four link and there's two coilovers so that axle right is going to try to push energy into the chassis right so how does it do that well because the tires are rotating against the ground and a reaction has an opposite an equal reaction, which means your axle, under throttle, your axle housing is gonna try to twist if I'm, so I'm gonna give you guys for the perspective of, I'm standing at the passenger side, I'm sorry, I'm standing at the driver's side of the rig, I'm looking at the driver's door, and the rig is moving to my left, right? It's, it's driving away to my left. So the right the, the, the right side of my vision is the back tire. The left side of my vision is the front tire. So on the right side is the back tire. It is spinning counterclockwise to drive the truck to the left forward, which means the axle housing is going to spin clockwise. It's going to, right, the load is going to try to twist itself opposite of the tire. So under throttle, the top of your axle housing in the rear is trying to twist its way backwards to the to the rear bumper. Which means it's pulling the upper links are under tension. The lower links are under compression. Right? So that's what's happening. The lower links are pushing the chassis forward. The upper links are pulling back on the chassis. And the only thing keeping the axle from leaving is the fact that all those things are bolted to the car. Um this whole anti-squat thing, a hundred percent has to do with those two forces. How hard. And in which plane is the uppers pulling on the chassis? And how hard in which plane are the lowers pushing on the chassis?
4: Huh. So
2: if you oversimplify it to that simple physics, right? is your Are your upper links pulling on your chassis in a way that's going to want to pull the left front, the driver's front tire up off the ground on a steep climb, right? Yeah. Um, or are they not? And so and so that all of this math has to do with how those links are transmitting the loads into the chassis and what it's going to do to the car under load or under braking or whatever the case may be. So when you think about, um, you know, I want to get rid of that left front tire pluck. Well, what that tells me is that your, your roll axis is super low, which means it's way below the center of gravity of the car, which means... The center of gravity is above the transmitted push-pull of the links. And that means okay. it's going to try to pick up, mm-hmm. right? And so everybody gets, like I said, everybody gets stuck on that spot number. But what again, what I've been going, what we have been doing over the past several years for, again, depending on what you're doing. If you want to go fast in the desert. So by the way, Greenleaf is building a new 4800 car yes i've seen teases of that here yeah that's our that's our big chassis but it's our big chassis with some tweaks to make it a full-blown you know forty eight hundred car with trailing arms and yada yada mm-hmm. uh, i would never set that car up the way i would that you would set this you know your Cherokee up because that thing needs to go faster to desert so the mm-hmm. same thing that's going to keep your front end planted or allow it to side hill the opposite reaction, this is back to my statement about everything's a tug of war. The opposite reaction is it's going to stiffen things up, right? The, by raising your roll axis or your roll axis on that particular end of the car, it's basically saying I'm not going to allow this housing to roll around as much in the car. I'm I going to bring the roll axis up above the center of gravity and change how it reacts in the car. But if I do that, effectively what you're doing is saying, I'm not going to let the axle flop around in the chassis, right? Even though you feel it as the chassis flopping around in the air, it's really, I'm not going to let the axle flop around in the chassis because I'm going to raise the roll center up.
0: Yeah, that makes makes sense because it's really good at speed. Like, um, we had Roush basically to ourselves. Um, And so, like, I was mobbing around Roush in fifth, and uh, rev limiter and right. it was Nothing just
2: eating it. yeah because the roll axis being having the roll axis down lower and down either equal or below that center of gravity is basically saying yeah i'm cool dude i'm going to let that axle kind of flop around and do what it wants to do so, right? so you're effectively softening i hate to say it this way but you're kind of softening the car right so josh's 4800 car we need to we need to keep that we're going to sacrifice rock crawling in the rock loop to gain 20 miles an hour through the desert by by getting you know dropping that Rolex down to allow that rear axle to dance around but let the f- chassis fly level.
0: Yep. So this has been awesome. Um I figure that it's fair that we ask you now if you've got any questions for us because we're coming up on over three hours
2: yeah. <laughs> we're kidding. We're kidding. we lost half your listeners an hour and a half
1: <laughs> no, no 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 they like we always say that but our listeners love that tech shit i don't understand why i think it's like it's their time well, to like kind of like you don't cody you're the only oh one that's fantastic doesn't. i didn't ask for your fucking opinion <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> anyways they do love Nobody that shit the they really the do cast, they though. love just tuning in and then diving into what we're talking about so never feel bad about that kind of stuff they love it um yeah.
2: and- mean, honestly
3: i'm sitting in my truck in the work parking lot and i've been riveted for the past two and a half hours so like uh, it's gonna be it's a great one yeah what um a good conversation
2: Questions for you guys. Yeah, so how the hell did you end up collectively standing up? Like, how did you get here? Like, how did blue collar on the road become a thing?
0: Go ahead, Luke. <laughs> this, um, this is Luke's oh, baby.
2: <laughs> Richie,
0: Richie's not here. But uh, Cody's rig came into the shop, and we were doing um, his stiffeners. We modified a Clayton three-link front suspension, built him a set of 30 and a 44. And we've been bouncing this idea around since I had a shop in Naugatuck going back all the way to 2013. I think it was right around when Joe Rogan started to be a thing. Oh, right. Um, and so we're sitting there, and we're like, why aren't we doing this? Yeah. And just kind of like, all right, well, we've got myself with the one-ton rig, because i just finished my one-ton swap, and Richie and Cody. So we pulled Graham into it, and we were like, hey, We're gonna do this, and we don't know what we're doing, but we're gonna make it happen. The recording stuff's not that hard to set up. Like, let's just sit down and do it.
2: Cool.
1: And it it definitely started out rough. Like we. Oh yeah, it was
3: rough. Rough is an understatement. But (laughs)
2: hey, (laughs) like we said before, the second rig's always better than the first one. Exactly. Um, Absolutely. We all go through
1: it. And it's funny, like so people like uh friends or family or whoever will be like oh what like what episode would you suggest i listen to and i'm always like i oh, don't no, start at 100 like start at 100 i'm like we really started to kick it into gear around 100 <laughs> i was like there is yeah. some like obviously like around like 60 something though our episode of when they went to kentucky fantastic episode i think that was episode 67 technically in the actual uh, list is it 67 think, or 68 i thought we were three. Fifty? oh my 50 god 50. okay 50. So, the, so yeah, so yeah, be like 57 then was like our first episode where like we really hunkered down and started to really fucking understand like what we were doing. And it just kinda has slowly like blossomed into what it is today. Like gotcha. we've really learned to just like shut up let the the guests like they are here to hear more about your life like they've already heard about luke's uh fuel tank 20 times they've already heard about (laughs) that i don't wheel 60 times you know they they don't give a shit about that anymore they want to hear who you are what you're about and why why did we think that you mattered enough to come on like that's the type of shit that they love so like And it slowly progressed into that. And it's fucking awesome because we get to hear from people all around the country. We get to learn that they're different things that they've learned throughout their life. They, like it's like opening up a new book and just reading it and loving it because it has to do a little bit with something that you care about. It's really cool.
3: Yeah, it's cool. And we put more spotlight on some of the, you know, New England, East coast in general, but we, a lot of New England guys who just, you know, are super cool, but you don't, you wouldn't even know they existed otherwise. If we yeah. coax them onto the podcast, sometimes it's tough.
2: No, it is. That's really cool. So, like, we—I don't—I know, I think that's just a New England thing, right? I—I've noticed that with my exposure out in the West Coast a lot. Like, there's something about—and I'm not trying to shit on anybody—but like, there's a lot of really cool, really fucking smart people that do what we like. They're into this off-road game out here in the in the Northeast, and you, like you said, you've never heard of them, but. Because we're not asking for that either.
3: Yeah. We don't no, everybody's we don't very. We need shot
2: in some fucking spot. Like, you know, and I think that I see that in the West Coast. Like, these guys are all about, oh, I got to be the, I got to be in the limelight. I think a lot of those really smart, just dedicated off road guys out in the, out in New England, just, they don't, you know, they don't need that. I'm not saying they don't care about it, but, you know, we don't, you know. Yeah, it's not what drives them to do. I mean,
3: I don't think anybody in New England who is into off roading does it because it was like, um, uh what's the what's the word here um
1: financially beneficial
3: <laughs> well yeah but you know, <laughs> glamorous. I, I mean i i it, it's something that i didn't really i never envisioned myself getting into but it's like it's almost like a cult around here because it's not something everybody does right? right not everybody can go around and like build a cool rock crawler and it's just not something you see every day i feel like you go out to colorado you see a bunch of like shitty tacomas lifted to the moon on 40 42 is driving on the
1: highway like you just don't see that shit here
2: like, and slowly
1: just... convincing everybody to drink the kool-aid at this point
2: yeah <laughs> well that's really that's just the lack of access to to land you know, yeah <laughs> that is why. now
1: i will say a big push for me to want to do this was adam lydic honestly his podcast was one of the most engaging podcasts. To this day, I will still go back and listen to episodes that I've heard three or four times because it was so unstructured. You go and listen to, like, at the time when we started this, well, back in fucking, what, 2020, right now? 2020? Uh, No, 2021. 2021, sorry. Um, Back back then, like, there was no unstructured, just, like, unsanctioned podcast, like, for off-road style stuff. Like, I think the only one that was even mildly close was the one that beat not baby was on i forget the name of it but even that was still had a structure to it and like listening to adams and like absolutely loving everything that that dude was talking about kind of got me excited to be like boys we can do this too let's just fucking start talking adam is a
3: character himself i don't you cannot replicate incredible
1: (laughs) so good yeah good dude Um, um i do have a quick question one little quick question uh so Mr Mr Mike or Michael whichever we'll go we'll go federal name Michael. What is your favorite DOT tire
2: and what is the worst DOT tire? DOT tire for off-roading uh, use, know, for off-roading use. DOT tire. I will tell you and this is probably going to wrinkle feathers or whatever cuz almost nobody runs them but DOT tire a um, to... Creepy is really hard to be and no one uses them. Huh. Wow. Kind of but a DOT, I will tell you point blank, a Maxis creepy. Yeah, it's a under completely unsung hero in a in in the DOT space. Huh. I'm pretty I, I believe it.
3: The, oh, and I, I could be just, you know, lying through my teeth right now, but I feel like all the Maxis DOT tires have a similar compound because uh in whatever it is i had pretty in good park. luck with the trep radials which everybody's like oh those are stupid why would you do those like the, the shitty trepidors that nobody runs right. i ran them luke ran them we, we had good luck with them they don't side hill very well as everybody knows but uh, and yeah. they don't run on the highway very well either but especially right. when they get to a quarter tread uh
2: That's- i've
3: got the razors now and that was mike craig had those a couple other people have had them uh chris Ayusa's has run a ton of stuff in that jk and i forget who the other guy is who uh uh, owns it, owns it now, and used to own it before. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- it's been a great tire. I've, I've had really good luck with it, and I'd, I'd believe the creepies are probably just as good.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, like I said, no one thinks about that tire, but I'm, I'm a, I'm a <laughs> fan of that thing. DOT. What was the other half? So favorite DOT, and then the other, the
1: worst. What, what would you say? Like, don't, don't. If you were to offer to somebody, be like, do not buy this tire. It's absolutely terrible for off roading. What, what would you say it'd be?
4: Um,
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna say this with a little grain of salt because it's very very fixable. Um, But a straight off the shelf TSL Swamper.
1: All right, what would you say would fix
2: it? Uh, the problem to... with TSL Swamper, and this is blown. This is bl- wow, way back to two and a half fucking hours ago of this podcast. About- <laughs> <laughs> um, God, my apologies to your listeners. I I had no idea what you're getting yourself into. It's getting the getting the Italian in the room to shut up, but uh, (laughs) so so. uh, And if you guys could see me right now, man, my hands have been flying for two and a half hours. But yeah, so uh, the the issue with the TSL when you air it down is if you look at the TSL Mm -hmm. pattern when you air it down and stuff it into a rock, it folds into itself and it creates a slick the huh. center lugs pinched together and you have a dead straight fucking slick with no biting edge at all. Interesting. Yeah. Never so really you, thought have, about that. you have to, so here's the other on, you know, little known. Cause now, now that nobody, well, I shouldn't say nobody. now that the fucking advent of the sticky happened, right. Um, there's been less and less conversation about how to make a DOT work. Well. Hmm. Because mm-hmm. everybody goes, you don't make a DOT work well. You fucking buy stickies. You know, right? yeah, so. <laughs> um, uh, but the DOT, you know, the trick back in the day before we had stickies and before Adrian showed up with that fucker, you know, back 20 years ago with that first set of 37 reds on that goddamn YJ, his, um, which was, by the way, the very first Clayton kid ever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, The the trick was to understand that super swampers are produced to get a DOT number because they knew they needed DOT, a DOT tag in order to sell tires. Yeah. Every one of those fucking tires is actually designed to be cut. Really? Hmm. Yes. Boggers have no business with the small lug in them. (laughs) <laughs> That's not what Michael wants you to have. But they had to put it there to get the DOT stamp.
1: Do you think that to do it for, like, road noise
2: or for, like, safety? No, or no like, what do do? There's a whole stupid – and I don't profess to know it because it's one rabbit hole. I refuse to allow myself down because we just started buying stickies. But at the end of the day, the, there's a certain set of rules about what qualifies as a DOT tire. And if you take the small – I as I understand it, if you cut the small lug off of a bogger – Right, which now I'm going to, we're not going to let you guys go yet because we're going to come back full circle. <laughs> 40 years later, because you guys asked me before we got on this podcast, what am I wheeling today? I'm wheeling a 1983 wheel horse tractor.
4: <laughs>
2: 40 years back full circle. I don't know if you guys have seen that thing, but we built a tractor for Optimum Battery and they let me build whatever the fuck I wanted. <laughs> That's incredible. So the very first thing I did was order a set of bonders, <laughs> as one does. And then we put a four link on it in full hydro and blah, blah, blah. But I won't go there. Yet. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, gosh! I literally have I have I have I don't you guys got to. I'll send you guys some pictures. I have a, a 1980s wheel horse that's got more money into it than I even care to admit. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good story to me. There's also a ten minute movie about it, but I'll send you guys the link. <laughs> so um but the the bogger if you if you take the small lug out of it the apparently the gap between the big lugs is way too big for dot to put a stamp on huh i'd believe it but all of this all of the interco tires are, are, are built that way Ex- and the only ones, well i shouldn't say oh there's exceptions like the sts the sts is a, is a fucking uh tractor pull tire Mm-hmm. That's why it's got that stupid fan pattern and blah 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 because that's what they use for the for the truck pulls and tractor pulls stuff. But all those all the swampers that you and I would go by, right? A, a, an SX, a TSL, a Bogger you know. Exception with the exception being an IROC. Mm-hmm. Right? The IROC was their attempt at a dedicated rock crawl tire, and then the supposedly IROC sticky, which is not a sticky, but anyway. Uh, but yeah, so a, a a non-cut TSL is a single worst street tire until you get out the fucking iron and cut it up.
3: All right. What's your preferred cut pattern? I know we're just—I keep egging the sun.
2: Yeah. So the preferred <laughs> cut pattern is really to think about the fact that you're going to air it down and then smash it against a rock and just make sure that you don't have the lips touching each other. Gotcha. Right. So there isn't—you know—everybody's got their own, but but it's really about making sure when it folds itself up that the lugs don't pinch together. But like I said, if you look at that chevron pattern down the center of a TSL, right? Just picture it. You can see it in your head. Yep. If you if you squish this, if you stick your finger in there, like it doesn't have any air, those chevrons are all going to touch. Yep. And now you have no leading edge bite at all. That's a really good
1: point.
3: Yeah. So they really just gave you the, you know, the uh, blank canvas almost to do whatever you want. Yeah. Right? Well, I guess they gave you those squares and they tell you, or they Go don't tell you, it. there's no instructions, but right. Go chop them. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Go chop shit up. Bite club.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which goes back way back old school, right? Bogger's rear TSL's front with the- <laughs> get out, you know, get out the torch and the sawzall all and fucking have it.
1: Good. Well, that's all my questioning. Anybody else got anything? That was probably the you? most
3: amazing answer to the uh, the tire question we've ever had. It Usually it's 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 way less interesting than that.
4: I'll agree with that. Yeah, well that's you know
2: three decades of fucking doing it wrong, I guess. <laughs> and then <laughs> finally went, well shit, I should probably fix that. I guess that's <laughs> probably
0: what the Patagonia's problem is, too.
2: Oh, yeah. You want to keep this podcast going? We can go down that.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've, I've bored you guys enough. No, I haven't bored us at all. I've been,
0: I've been staring at a uh, conversation on the screen for... As long as we've been recording, it's definitely been interesting.
2: Yeah. Dude, yeah, no, I had a good time. I really appreciate the
0: invite.
1: Absolutely, man. We'll definitely have to have you on as you come more into that, uh, figuring out
2: that chassis, getting it more built. Uh, yeah, probably. the little world will be cool. I think once we get a little one in the wild, or maybe a couple, like Chris will get his done, we'll get another one done, we'll get Taylor's done. Um, I'm still collecting parts for Taylor's. Um, yeah, we get a couple of the little cars in the wild, and then of course we got this one, and then we got Josh's. For you know, what would be uh, maybe it might be a fun story. Is after we get back from racing forty eight hundred with Josh, out will yeah, car. that'd be that's so that's awesome. Post Koh chaos story, right? <laughs> <laughs> I got a hundred of those, including cutting almost cutting my leg off one night. But we'll we'll come oh, to boy. that. Yeah, we'll 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 have
3: to keep that for the next time.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who
4: wants
0: to close it up? Who's got right, it? I got it. I got it. So, on that note, make sure that you uh, input your numbers correctly, because there's no such thing as a bad set of numbers, only bad data. And if you're going to build a chassis, hit up Mike.